0: Hey friends, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Into Deep. I'm your host, Jack Roland, and I hope you're all great. We are over 100 episodes down now, guys. How about that? If you guys want to show the podcast a little bit of support, you can find us on Patreon, Into Deep Podcast. If you want to connect, uh, I'm on Instagram at intodeep.podcast. And if you just want to do us a solid, tell a friend and spread the word. That would be uh, muchly appreciated. Today's guest is DJ and producer Shantaram slash Toran, also known as Noaf Alalawi. Nawaf's musical curations are not limited to any one genre, but one consistent trait is he knows how to create a vibe at the party. His mixes range from chilled Indian and Middle Eastern to heavy bass music and techno and pretty much everything in between. He is also the host of the Surreal Melbourne podcast. I highly recommend everyone checks it out. He's had some really great guests on there, and I love getting to know the personalities behind some of the insane creative talent that Melbourne has to offer. All right, let's get deep with Shantaram, a.k.a. Torrin. Is there a point to all
1: this? I think we're getting in too deep.
2: You don't apply. Bad luck. I have one speed, I have one gear. Go, 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 go,
1: go. I'll tell you when we're getting into deep too deep to deep too, deep,
0: too deep, deep, deep deep, deep What is happening? Wait, so we're recording? We maybe? are fucking recording, oh, baby. We are on, baby. <laughs> what is happening? How are you no Ah, Wired and Tired. Wired and Tired. Yeah, Wired and Tired. Wired and Tired. I'll admit I thought about that when I was taking a piss. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be my opener. Yeah, Yeah, Wired and Tired, baby. Dude, I'm so glad we got to get this happening. I think I probably asked you like six months ago or (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just hasn't worked out. No. I got to stop doing that. No, look, man, you're not uh, entirely to blame.
2: I think the uh, the fact that there is a... uh, zombie apocalypse going out there mm, and, and mm. It, that seems to postpone uh, and delay uh the inevitable yeah yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah can i also just start by saying you have a fantastic radio voice i do do i you do yeah, oh, yeah. very very i've been, been listening. wet right now <laughs> <I>? <laughs> i've been listening to surreal melbourne your podcast uh the like well pretty much since you started and uh very very good you're a natural you're a natural thank you thank yeah. you i'm doing that
2: on purpose <laughs> and you know what's funny is that um my my family mostly it's weird. This is going to sound funny, but from my mum's side has like a lot of male. Uh, like she had a lot of brothers, and when we sit down at the table to eat, and they're very loud. They're these really loud Arabs, and they're just like, they're all yelling and talking over each other, and it's just like one bass frequency that's just cutting across. <laughs> and so obviously, when we hit puberty, like my brother, my older brother and my younger brother, especially my older brother. They're just as bassy as well. Like my older brother has such a is it when something's photogenic a phonetic. Is that Phonetic, what, I phonetic, don't is know. Is that the word is that the word? <laughs> Dunno. I or, don't know what that word means. N- oh it's like a <laughs> when you have a radio voice, like a really ah, good right, like a right. really good radio voice. Yep. Um yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's it's a hereditary thing. I can't mm. I can't claim credit for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks
0: God if you're out there. <laughs> One thing like almost every person says is how much they hate their voice. So it must be nice to not have that instinct. Bro, I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Maybe I'm borderline <laughs> narcissistic when it comes to my own voice. A, what is it? ASMR, I think? Yeah. Is yeah, that it? Oh, that's yeah. what
2: my ex-wife loves. I <laughs> know she's got actually? A, She actually has an ASMR channel. What? Which, what, what? What? I don't know what it's, it's it? called. But she won't tell me. She's like, it's not for you. I was <laughs> it's like, not I, for I, you. I, I, like, I just want to be supportive, you know, even even after divorce. I'm what do like, you mean? She makes it or she listens to it? No, she she makes it. She's. I think she's got a Yeti or something like that and... Uh, no yeah.
0: shit. What do you know? What kind of sounds? Is it talking or is it like?
1: Yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> um, No, I don't know what it is, man. Um,
0: wow. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I guess like just. That's that's the way we, people are going to get rich, you know. Those little like nuance, like niche things yeah. that are super, super she, niche. She's got
2: like a cousin who does. Um, like a cousin's like we're nine or ten and just does weird like fidget spinner little toys and just like explains to people like how do I glue things together and she's like nine or ten and it's like man she gets like 3,000 like views and stuff like that and I was like really? yeah I was like I told her mom I was like hey do you how many followers does she have? oh she's got like 9,000 or something like that she's
0: like nine or ten years old yeah are you fucking serious? I'm
2: serious man I was like um you know you can start monetizing that right? and I'm like listen you know like if I were you (laughs) Why don't you set up, you know, she's she's got a bank account, right? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. She doesn't have access to it. I'm like, yeah, of course, of course. So why don't you actually just like connect the whatever, like the bank account to her YouTube channel and monetize it and then like put it put it away for her college fund or something like that. And it's, Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny, man. I was just like, I couldn't man, believe it.
0: That would be scary though, having yeah. like having a little one have that many followers, like, because mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't really understand what that means or. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I was just like, and here I am, you know, hustling my ass <laughs> up, trying to put on some quality content. She's but doing like a-
0: is like- She's doing a self-help fucking get rich quick podcast, which <laughs> yeah. is nine. With fidget spinners, you know. <laughs> yeah. Fucking like, man, I'm in the wrong game, man. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Fuck, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. You mentioned your Arabic. I read you're from Bahrain, and yes, Bahrain. I realized I know nothing. Had, I know fucking nothing about. You know it. I had to look it up where it was. You yeah, know nothing, Jon Snow. Uh, so, what's yeah. Bahrain like? You, uh, did you grow up there, or yeah, eighteen mm. years, eighteen uh, yep.
2: years for sure. Eighteen years of my life, and and I came to Australia when I was um, eighteen years old for studies. So, um, Bahrain is like uh, where's do you say Bahrain? Bahrain. Well, bah- do you want do you want the Arabic? Yes, yeah. Bahrain.
1: Mm. Bah, Bahrain, Bahrain.
2: Yeah, the Kha is a different letter. Okay. You don't have no idea how many times I had this conversation with different people. Yeah, I bet. It's like, listen, man, if you're Jewish, you say Kha, mm. like, like Khabibi, Khumus, mm-hmm. that's how they say it. Mm. But in Arabic, Kha is a letter of it on its own, which looks like the letter ha. So Bahrain means uh, land of two seas, essentially. Um, mm. And this is debatable, but I think the real reason why they call it the land of two seas isn't because it's an island and it's surrounded by two seas. It's the fact that it's it, there's this weird thing where you can actually have spring water coming out of seawater from a gazer that's underneath, like, mm. you know, on the floor bed, the seabed. Sea so that's why they called it. So back in the day, like maybe in my parents when they were kids, um, my dad's pretty old. He's like, you know, in the 70s. So that would have been a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they would like swim to these like places and be able to like literally go and dive and like drink it in really the water. put their
0: mouth in the geyser like yeah, or whatever or something like and, that my dad
2: was saying to me yeah wow. and,
0: and we have a rich culture
2: of pearl diving as well um yeah so like uh, it's got a it's a got a very it's got a lot of rich traditions so to give people an idea of where that is it's um it's uh if you guys have ever heard of saudi arabia which of course people have Saudi Arabia, Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, Oman. So those are the big surrounding uh, Gulf countries because it's in the Arabian Gulf, debatable by the Persians. They call it the Persian Gulf. Uh, There's some political issues there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's got a 5,000-year-old history or at least recorded history. So uh, we were at some point part of the whole ancient Sumerian sort of culture and um, ancient like… just part of that ancient civilization so mm. bahrain was known as dilmun and tylos and we have a lot of um pottery clay even like a, you know like a ziggurat is like a like a mayan pyramid okay but we have s- like that. yeah like so they're, they're like squarish you know that's in, mm. in in south america but weirdly enough we have ones in bahrain as well that really? uh, yeah very strange not they don't go upwards they go downwards or Inverted pyramids, like something of like inverted pyramids sunken, and maybe at some point, you know, through weather damage, we might have actually, um, we might have actually had them going upwards. But yeah, we have all these like old dirt mounds, and there's there's a lot of history there, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, I grew up in that that environment, and it's a it's also a very culturally rich environment. Like um, a lot of expats there, mm-hmm. so it was the first uh, country in the Middle East that really. Um, well, I had the missionaries there and it like first adopted like a Western colonization uh, openly, I guess. And um, yeah, we had the British, British, we were a British colony essentially. So, we were the first to speak English. We had high English literacy rate. That's why like the rest of the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, is still catching up. That's why I speak the way I speak. Mm, you know, mm. a lot of Bahrainis, even for ones that didn't go to a private school, which I did, would still speak pretty good English.
0: You yeah. Know? So, yeah, yeah. So, pretty much everyone... Uh, Yeah, English isn't the first language there, right? It it isn't. It's it's
2: Arabic and it's a very different dialect to most other places. I mean, every every Arabic country has a slightly different dialect, but Mm. someone from Egypt sounds extremely different to someone from Bahrain. Right, could almost say that they like Bahrainis understand them really well because we watch a lot of like movies come from Egypt. Um, They seem to be the sort of hub for for movies in the Middle East. Mm. Uh, Technically, Egypt's in Africa, North Africa, but. Anyways, it still gets exported. Yeah. So, yeah, they speak very differently, but we tend to speak a lot of the different dialects. Right, My mom can understand. My dad lived in Egypt. My mom worked in the French embassy, which means there was a lot of Lebanese people there who speak French because they were a French colony. Mm. So they, you know, sometimes I can hear them when they speak to their... Other Arab friends, they'll be able to, you know, the accent changes in the same way that I'll be like, "Hey, hey, Jack, how you going? You're (laughs) all right.
0: How you going, Gov? How you going, Governor? (laughs) Somewhat of an Australian Cockney accent, yeah. Yeah. Is it? Um, what's it kind of like culturally? Like, uh, was it a big culture shock kind of coming to Australia? Not so much. It was. the culture, yeah. Show. i re- Sorry, I know nothing about. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, it's good, it's good,
2: it's fine. Like mm. I'm, I'm really used to that. Like, cause like it really is a is a tiny island, Ben. Um, mm. Like it's really tiny. You yeah. Know? Like we're not, we're like a blip on the map. Right. Um, what's it like culturally? I mean, man, it's extremely multicultural to begin with. Yeah, you, you said that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of Indians. There's so, like I grew up being raised by Indians, Sri Lankans, Filipinos, and um, uh, occasionally, Ethiopians as well, mm. um, and um, from Eritrea as well. So, like most people in Australia, don't even know where those countries are. I mean, people know where India and the Philippines are, right? Yeah. But most of these other people haven't really like connected with them. So, I grew up in this culturally rich environment, which I also adopted a lot of the accents and stuff like that. I learned how to do them because it's just something that you grow up with. And so, you know, I uh, I feel like their cultures culture sorry is part of my identity as well because i grew up around that you know not just bahraini people not just american or australian people so so that being said when i came here to answer your question um was it a culture shock not so much because i'd already been exposed to western culture and civilization and, and all the well you know all the pop culture and stuff like that mm-hmm. like i've been growing up with with western pop culture before i even came to australia you right know? yeah so it was a, it, it was an easy assimilation um especially because I spoke with an American accent or the accent that I speak with. Um, it was very easy to integrate into Australian life. I think the culture shock was the fact that you can do drugs here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what are the laws
0: like over there? Oh, extremely, pretty, extremely strict. Like, you know? what, what do they do if you get caught for Oh, man. oh. smashing some
2: googs? Man, you, you don't want to know. Like would like,
0: they kill you? No. No,
2: okay. No, no, no. But like <laughs> severe sentiment, because it's, it's not just, um, you're not just dealing with the law, you're dealing with Islamic law. Yeah. So there's, right. there's and, and like it's really frowned upon in society. Mm. You know, it's even funny me just like openly talking about it now. I always go, oh, you know, what not- someone from my family. I was like, you know what? I don't care if someone from my family, like...
0: I've no. got a big Bahraini audience, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: So, <laughs> Good. just heads up. you feed them drugs? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually came clean and told my parents. Yeah. At one point, I've and, done. I've done that. Yeah, and yeah. it was very liberating because it, it, it removed, is. Yeah, it removed. <laughs> it removes shame, you know. Mm. Mm. And, and for my part, like they were funding my university degree, so a lot of
0: that money, the allowance. Was going to that weekend rave.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how old were you when you told your parents about your uh, your lifestyle? Two, two twelve. And how did they take it? Like, are, well, they I still having, live, live I, over there. I was having
2: a meltdown. Right. I was literally having a, a um, like, yeah, I was having a um, mental breakdown, and I was having panic attacks like every day. I went through a, a very fucked up period of my life. It was like five years, seven five to seven years of depression, and I still like have some of that with me but you the thing is you never get rid of it you just learn to manage it really well and have mm. tools and that's how you mm. kind of have to go about about that stuff so yeah so the the culture going back to the thing about the culture shock it's like it's uh i just couldn't believe how the freedom yeah and so i kind of did go crazy not just that like freedom of talking to women freedom talking to you know like like, You can't kiss people in public, there's no public affection. It's not, the, I'm not saying it's a rigid place, it's a great place, you know, and it's actually one of the more liberal places in the Middle East. But uh, the, the, the cultural differences were very nuanced, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that was that was the culture shock. And the, the real culture shock actually was going to Bushtoof's. yeah, yeah, you know, where you're like. <laughs> This is like the playground that I've been looking for. Yeah. Uh, it's like radical acceptance. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah man, I mean even even uh growing up in Australia, I feel like my first uh, rainbow was a culture shock. Yeah. It it, it really like changed me. Yeah. It legitimately absolutely, absolutely. changed me. Like i had been partying, of course, and you've been in nightclubs when you're young and but um but there's a For me, component. at least, there was a, a huge shift of like, what is this? Because I had so many reservations about, which yeah. so many people I know do, like a oh, fucking hippies going to yeah, roll yeah, around yeah. in the mud and embarrass <laughs> yourself. And then you go and you're like, wait, whoa, I'm the dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 It's yeah. so different, man. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like I I think mine was like strawberry fields and that was, a, it was like pissing down rain and that was a very messy for me like uh i just fucking got in there and i and back then i just you know was a sesh gremlin (laughs) you know so like i really seshed yeah you know and uh there was a very a lot of sleep deprivation i discovered nangs at that festival so i was just like everything i did back then was in extremity yeah and now i'm like i wouldn't even touch any of that stuff like i'll you know Rarely I'll get fucking piss hammered, but I'm, most of the time I'm just happy interacting with people and, and getting that as a drug. Fantastic, you know? yeah. Um, don't get me wrong; there's always going to be a session. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's man. always exceptions. There's always exceptions to the yeah. rule. You yeah, it <laughs> can't be, can't be militant <laughs> about that shit, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the real one is the next year. So that was 2010, and the next year, 2011. That was like when I went to Rainbow. And what
0: uh, year did you come to Australia? Sorry, 2008.
2: So two years in. First, yeah. Two yep. years in. And by that point, by the way, I'd i gone to like every trance
0: event, like mainstream trance events, like the Armin Van Buren. White party. Yeah. 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 Sensation White. And I went to work from there and it was not pretty. It was not pretty at yeah. all. So after the festival, after the party, you yeah, went to Yeah. After the all night rave of just. You're like, one of
2: those people that can uh, pull through. I'm just, like.
0: I don't know. I don't. Like I said, it wasn't pretty, man. Bo- I walked in with like. <laughs> close sticks up to my elbow. <laughs> my boss just dropped everything and just started laughing like I'm so lucky. What what was the job? Uh it was a cafe in the city. Oh okay so you, um, yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah and I was so lucky that my bosses understood I still have no idea why they let me work but yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway were you serving coffees or were you what were you doing dude I was house?
0: fucking I was at the counter grinding my fucking teeth talking chatting everyone's ear off yeah. as they're just wanting a, their morning coffee <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 well they're
2: like yeah cool that's, oh. that, that's a
0: good front of house
2: yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what we want
0: from a front of house yeah 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 <laughs> it's like they're just probably coming in
2: going wow this guy's already like uh, two large coffees deep or something yeah yeah you know? yeah very caffeinated very 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 caffeinated yeah yeah, very, yeah, yeah very, <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry as you were
1: I totally hijacked well, uh, that one man. yeah
0: so 2010 first, uh, first festival Strawberry Fields Strawberry Fields and that was in November mm. and um, and
2: they were very small at that point but uh, yeah then Rainbow Man yep. the next year first Rainbow and fuck man life changing yeah yeah, it was like I'm never going to a trance event again mm. even though it is kind of a side trance event yeah. you know but it's just like you know what I'm talking about, like because you, you went to those, like they were very mainstream. You had the muzzers, you yeah, had the totally. shufflers, yeah. And I was totally a shuffler, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Didn't have the fat pants because, like, you know, uh, it kind of fizzled out. But I, like, when I first came, I was like, I came with the knowledge that something called the Melbourne Shuffle existed, <laughs> and like, I'd always like, you know, being a DJ, one of the things that like inspired me was actually just breakdancing. Like, I'm mm. always like the dancing element, and then I was like, oh yeah that guy's mm. playing tunes. I reckon I can do a better job or like play different tunes. Cause if he played that tune, the people would have reacted like this, but he ended up going like down instead of going up. So like young, like very young, I like figured that part out. Yeah. Okay. And, and so seeing the show, Were you f- making music at that point? No, 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 that, that came in very late and it's oh, been a very yeah. painstaking process Right, right for right. me. Yeah. You that's know? interesting
0: that even at that time you're analyzing it like that.
2: Well, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm extremely like, um, Like analytical in in that sense like my brain is my adhd brain is just like uh, constantly like taking in everything all at once Mm. and so when i listen to something or like i'm I'm in a, a new you know environment i'm scanning everything i'm like reading the room i'm doing that it just happens naturally and now it's just so subconscious that it's just like yep 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 which for me just like my personality allows me to know how to control a room or like even navigate social uh environments like you know when it comes to like networking and stuff like that and it you know that comes from my mom i mm-hmm. know now genetically like she's fucking social butterfly right um, the way she works a room is fantastic you know yep. she's a great host um but yeah like so the shuffle was like a whoa and like my mates my bahraini mates like they knew how to shuffle and like they'd gone to a lot of parties and stuff so it was just like this point of like man i was at rmit i was studying you know, I was doing this thing called foundation studies, which isn't even a bachelor's degree yet. It's like pre-bachelors for third world country people.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So, mm. I, you know, um, so there was a bit of grace period where I could afford to go out and party and, you know, and get lit. And, you know, so like I'd just be in the city, man. I'd be like fucking got headphones on, like trying to learn how to shuffle and stuff. Like, this, <laughs> this is fucking, I did not give a fuck, you
0: know. Where, like, were you um, where were you going on the weekends? Where are you practicing, your, uh, showing off your moves? So I went to Room Six Eighty a lot, which uh, is in I Hawthorne. That one. Um, room Six Eighty. Um, oh yeah, you can see it from the train, right? Yeah, from it's from Glenferry Station. Yeah, yeah so, another so one. That yep. d-
2: ended up being the first club that I'd ever DJed with, so that was like really, Ooh, special, special mm-hmm. place. And sadly enough, the guy that booked me actually just passed away recently. Like, oh, like, like um I wasn't close with him, but like I, you know, from someone who gave me my first shot, like, you know, I don't think this guy realized how far I was able to how you know where i am today with it Mm. and there's still a lot more room to push but you know it's like fuck man he was he was a really nice guy like you'd think like people in the club industry would be shady and stuff like that but there's some real gems out there Mm. and there's definitely some funny yeah shady characters that i've met you know (laughs) which are part of the experience i guess
0: Yeah.
1: yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah uh man you know I went to all the God's kitchens the you know. <laughs> I never went to a God's kitchen yeah we' well, to the was, cryo castle ones we were going to go to it I think they canceled it that year. Right. I went to uh global gathering at the Meyer Bowl
0: um I actually went to a lot of Stereosonics and future musics and like soul prodigy yeah I went to a few it's so it's just so funny to like go back and think about the kind of gigs that i because I went to yeah similar ones similar as well. ones yeah not as deep as you but uh well, they were diverse. Yeah, but you know, just such a different aesthetic. Mm, uh, you know, a lot of V-necks, a lot of hair yeah. gel, a lot of uh, a lot yeah, of yeah. egos. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's a it's a it was a funny world, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. it all changed after Rainbow for me, but um yeah. but yeah, a lot of Sydney-my music Bowl gigs for sure. And, all, and a, <laughs> a lot of tolerating dickheads. <laughs> And it's, this is punch ons all the fucking time at these things. It's just the roids, man. <laughs>
1: go to the <laughs> go, go to dance
0: gym. and just end up smashing someone's head in. Fucking yeah. sick night. <laughs> I mean, no, nah, that was just a, not all of them, just some of them that I went to. But yeah.
2: Yeah. Man, I had some Afghan mates that are like that, like because um, I, I I have a few Bahraini friends that are still here, but they were friends with Afghan guys and they were all like bodybuilders and um, shout out to them like they got me into it like mm. really into the bodybuilding side of things not that I'm swole or anything like that but um, you know we went to a club once and two guys started punching on and I, I knew one of them and I turned around and I was like dude that's your cousin you're punching on with your cousin <laughs> of all the people you could have punched on you guys are like punching on with each other it's like what
0: are you doing were you ever into bodybuilding yeah, yeah, yeah. I, really? I, mean, I still am and I still like I like yeah, lifting yeah, yeah. weights but not like in a uh, did you ever go, like go hard like get fucking <laughs>
2: No, 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 because I just didn't really have like, first off, I didn't train legs. Mm. So if you really want to grow and build like have natural testosterone, then you, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to do the work. That's, that's really where a lot of growth can happen. And then I, um, sometimes didn't always train to failure or mechanical like tension failure whatever it's called and the diet wasn't also consistent and i also drank a lot and i did a lot of speed and i partied heaps so i actually did a lot of cardio by shuffling for hours (laughs) which kind of takes like can break down a bit of the muscle so i wasn't like um i guess i'm like what you call a hard gainer you know i wasn't doing it like right there's so many things i didn't know and i was i was just a beginner but i i was just into lifting weights and i was with people to do it. And the main reason why I was lifting weights is just to build confidence because I'm actually just an insecure person. (laughs) You know what I mean? Aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah, we we all. And, you know, and like every every bodybuilder you talk to or most people, it's like that's why they do it. It's like, you know, someone that got either bullied or, like, you know, didn't like the way they looked or had some sort of shame, you know, which I had a mixture of all of the above. Mm, And, you know, and, and that gave me confidence. It gave me confidence to look at least slightly more, it made me feel more masculine in that sense or that my perception of masculinity was so skewed that it it was like, oh, I have to look a certain way to feel masculine, you know, and that's and that's going to give me the ladies, you know, or like, you know, yep. Yep. Now, that's going to give you confidence to talk to the ladies, but no, real like masculinity is derived, I think, from vulnerability and being able to, you know, be assertive in, in different ways, obviously, mm. et cetera, et
1: cetera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, totally.
2: You know, and now I just like do it because it's like, you know what? It's fitness, man. I just want to live longer. I want to, I want to feel like a, you know, I don't know. I want to feel like a Ferrari as opposed to like a.
0: Yeah, that's that's where my mind started to shift. I'm like, ugh, really been trying to like retrain my brain into thinking that exercise is actually good. It's yeah. enjoyable. You will be happier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you exercise. And it took a long time, man. I always resisted. Yeah, but well, yeah. The, the, I think a lot of people who
2: have like. Um, resistance or apprehension with it like i know my best friend was like, oh, you know always laughed at the bodybuilding thing because it's so aesthetic based and so like most people who play sports or that like they don't want to do that for those reasons they want to find something that's challenging and for me again that plays into the insecurity and it's still to some point like i catch myself like hey hey, hey," you know you're not doing Mm. this for the aesthetics you're doing this for strength and like endurance you know um take the aesthetics too though I think that the right, the right approach is like the aesthetics will come with yeah. the hard work. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's funny enough, like it has for me, especially in the last uh, year or so where I was like 103, I told you earlier, and I'm like 90 kilos now. And I'm like, All right, cool, now I really want to push. Now I really want to start. Now that I'm like physically lighter, I can do certain physical tasks that I couldn't. I'm a little bit more flexible in some ways. Like I can do boxing now without gassing out. You know, maybe I can start doing kickboxing again because I was into that at one period, uh, one period of my life. You know, um, but I like high intensity shit, man. Yeah, because yep. I played soccer growing up, so I like something that my heart rate, like something that makes me sweat. And bodybuilding doesn't do that.
1: But, yeah, okay. But, but yeah. functional
2: strength and hit training and like you know, uh, just
0: movement based stuff. It's like shuffling, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shuffle for life. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know? Um, man, just once in my life, I want to get ripped. But I think my window of opportunities are, you know, it's narrowing. I'm not a, don't I have that. Nah, a, I think that's a, s- I mean, I think really, that's
2: a self-limiting like, belief, yeah,
0: man. Ab- ab- absolutely. But I mean, I guess like, you know, you can always get ripped at 50, but you can't have that youthful stallion yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man definitely man like
2: well this is the thing is like i think we talked about sleep uh, outside of this and we're like yeah man i'm not getting great sleep and it's like it's like the older you grow shit happens in your life and yeah you know things that weren't stressful like where did this thing come from now i gotta deal with this now i gotta mm-hmm. deal with that and and yeah man it's like fuck sleeps it affects your sleep mm. and that's yeah that's the key man that's where i'm at right now it's like all right I got to fix my sleep it's actually like nothing else matters sleep's more more important and some people are so good at, at like being disciplined with that yeah i'm like not me When and like it makes sense because i've literally spent the last like what 14 years of my life DJing, staying up till three in the morning and partying and like you know the the two lifestyles really conflict and this is like <clears throat> i was like make this comparison like you know avici mm-hmm. you know what yep. I'm talking about? yeah it's yep. like you know basically committed suicide. This guy was Mm. touring so much and it's like he became an alcoholic. Top of his game, right? He was top of his game, but he was actually just an alcoholic because you're touring so hard and you're like, you know, first off, you're dealing with jet lag. Uh, The difference in oxygen temperatures every time, like that fucks with your sleep cycles as well. I mean, that's what jet lag does, I'm pretty sure. And then the excessive drinking, the staying up late, and there's probably other substances as well. And then there's loneliness. And, you know, you're never in one place long enough to actually... uh, uh, what's the word, uh, feel, you know, feel like you're connected to something.
0: I feel like fame as well could really isolate a person. Yeah. You know? but like if you're conscious of it, you know, all of a sudden yeah. you've got all these yes people around you, people wanting something, wanting f- yeah, to be yeah, associated yeah. with you and, you know, really not actually have... Having any real friends, I, I well, I could imagine that uh, if you're not careful, that could really get to you. So I'm sure there's oh, all of those things for combined sure. for that poor guy. Oh, I didn't even get that
2: famous, and as soon as I started getting all these festival gigs, like for a while, it definitely I was like, oh yeah, I'm this
1: guy, you know.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, shut the fuck up, like, yeah. you know, settle down, Lasse, settled. <laughs> come down, come yeah, down to it, come work. down to yeah. earth, you know. And, and you know that ego still comes out a little bit sometimes, yep. and you know you got to be proud of what you've achieved, but at the same time, it's like. Dude, you're not like fucking, you know. You're not Mozart, or you're not this, you know. You, I mean, even Mozart shouldn't be like that, anyways. But you know, you haven't invented the wheel or reinvented the wheel or whatever.
0: But I mean, uh, to toot your horn, man. You've done pretty well. You like, you've you've uh, played at festivals all over the world. I was having a look at a little look at your CV and stuff. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'd. uh Heard of you well before I'd ever ever met you. Um, oh, you know, you. I've loved loved so many of your your sets and things, and I've just been cranking them all week. And um, <laughs> just getting into the mood. Absolutely, huh? <laughs> it's so funny, man. Like, a sometimes you just kind of one great thing about um, having like, a – well, a podcast and then doing a deep dive on people is mm. you kind of you actually take the time to go into people's back catalogs and you're constantly actually discovering
1: yeah, all yeah, the different yeah, things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and even with artists and stuff, like I'll, when I'm talking to an artist, I'll actually go on their website. I mean, how often does anyone really do that? Yeah, <laughs> Like, yeah, wow, yeah, they've yeah. done all these amazing things, but um, you know, you've done like, I've, I've actually heard from a, a number of people that you uh, uh, always do a lot of things. You've always got your finger in a lot of pies. Yes, and I yes. can even see that with your music. You've done so many genres like there's Mm. not i don't even know how i would describe your um style your style because you are a a style spinner (laughs) style spinner
2: yeah i blame adhd yep (laughs) maybe maybe um get too bored enough to stay in one place essentially you Mm. know um and that comes i think at at my expense but also at my benefit yeah you know and and the the expense part is you asked me about are you writing music it's like, well. I spent such a lifetime already it feels what well, it feels like a lifetime you know um hustling behind the scenes and working behind events which is how I was able to I guess grow my name as a brand and get my fingers in a lot of pies and make connection, connections and relationships. It's, it's actually really funny. Like we were having this meeting about this festival and everyone was introducing themselves. And I just went, guys, I'm basically like Nokia. I connect people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they slogan <laughs> Nokia connect people. So I was like, that is literally uh, me. And it's funny because my mom is like that again. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do play a lot of different genres. And um, yeah, I'm lucky enough to, again, through just good relationships have managed to get... Um, some festival bookings worldwide and some of them are like fluke man one of them was actually purely a good mix like Mm -hmm. the 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 first mix that actually put me on the map like that changed everything is like i um i was seeing this chick um it's a good friend of mine uh she's listening to this you'll know who she is (laughs) (laughs) now she's one of my best friends now but she introduced me to the book Shantaram. And, yeah and, yep. um, love that book that, yeah. that took me to India that book <laughs> that, it did didn't it? and yeah. <laughs> like for someone from Bahrain who like has like we have oh, we have more Indians statistically speaking we have more Indians than Bahrainis in Bahrain
1: mm,
0: right yeah. really isn't that crazy wow that
2: is crazy because it's a tiny island like and it's yeah. like only 1.7 million but it's like that means that we might be like what's like I don't know 400, 500,000 Bahrainis and the rest are like not all of them are Indian but yeah but like yeah there's a lot of expats there um, so I could relate to the book Shantara, mm. and then, is that
0: book what inspired your name? That,
2: that book as well, and also um, I was really uh, starting to dive deep into a lot of cultural elements that I was missing, like I was, the homesickness, the, the sounds of like the Middle East. Like again, growing up with so many of these different ethnicities in my life, um, I watched Indian movies growing up. Uh, I listened to Ethiopians like you know uh play their music through their radios, through their stations and stuff like that. So I always had like a subconscious listening of this stuff and then my mom used to have a lot of Buddha CDs. So I don't know if people know what Buddha is, it's just like world um, you mm, like yeah, mm. world electronic music, right? Yep. Um and you know, and then I just made this mix which is called Sanskrit Dreams which funny enough... I've listened to
0: that mix a lot of times, by the way. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Thank you, man. (laughs) It's funny enough is it's more
2: uh, Persian dreams than Sanskrit dreams. It's it's actually more Middle Eastern, like more iranian and arabic sounding than it is indian yeah and someone of on my on the comments actually said that
1: like it's shut just, up
2: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah and i was like you are totally right but at the time
0: i was really into the whole yeah 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 it's beautiful <laughs> isn't it yeah it, it is it is i and still it, love it i still i still got my indian chill mixes and stuff but yeah yeah I still you know um yeah fuck yeah man and uh, there's it's very easy to
2: find cheese though mm. there's a lot of cheesy yeah. like uh stuff that i'm like nah doesn't make the cut yep but then yep, there's yep. stuff there that that sounds like you're having a religious experience mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you know i'm um it, that the whole mix like i'm, I'm going to talk about that for a bit because it's it's like it's such a significant mix in terms of my story and how like it just sort of catapulted everything into the into the horizon um best friend uh now wife her name's Manal. She shows me this guy, Bahramji, which is the opening track of the of the mix, uh, Dreamcatcher. And man, like, you know, you've heard the mix, it it's transports you straight away into this, I don't know, to some ancient world, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you can easily close your eyes and disappear in that. So she gives me that, and then that just like starts this like hunt for music like that. And so I first time decided, okay, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna create a new project from Tech Aid, which was my previous name, into Shantaram and I'm going to make a Middle Eastern mix made it I was like wow this thing is starting to really get a lot of plays and then there was this festival so at this point this is like probably around 2011 Um, and then there's this festival in 2012 called Tree of Life Festival in Turkey Uh, they had a competition to submit mix for someone to come play on the stage Uh, I was a day late I submitted to this thing and the director who's uh psytrance Israeli psytrance producer called You Reckon had um sends me a message and he goes, Bro, and I should you know this is actually like this conversation, bro. We're in Costa Rica right now and we're listening to your mix on the beach. This is fucking amazing. Sick. Like, he's like, I want you to play at the festival. And I'm like, Bro, don't fuck with me, man. Like I'm 21 years old. I'm like, for real. Like I was like, This is so crazy. He's like, Yeah, we want you to play at the festival. This is um yeah this is amazing this and that we'll get back in touch, so cool. Fuck, we're all dying for a phone call like that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and then like two weeks later, he's like, "Bro, the mix at this point has been getting like ten thousand plays. It's like it's gone like pretty viral, like because they they shared it on their um their European like SoundCloud page, which mm. they have obviously more like access to the world. And you know my name is side by side all these other mega psytrance djs and producers so you know by default people will be like oh checking that out it's a bigger platform essentially Mm. um and then yeah and then the next two weeks he's like we want you to open the festival (laughs) it's like it went from like playing i was like what about the contest like don't worry about the contest well someone else will win that and we just we want you straight away so he's like you just got to figure out how to get here so yeah
0: Wow. <laughs> that's it. fantastic. Was that the first festival you'd played at?
2: No, no, no. At that no. point I'd played I actually had played at a few things. i the first year I went to uh Strawberry, the, the year after I was on the main stage.
1: Mm. Wow.
2: You know, and like I, and there was a point, like a friend of mine tells a story, so he says like uh we were like partying together and I just like turned around to said, Fabrice, I'm gonna play on that stage next year. <laughs> like so cocky and arrogant, yeah. you know, like just so that and it's just like no like for real, it's like, watch me, yeah, you know, and it's like that doubt like fuels me, you know, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, man, it happened, and then it happened again the year after in two twelve, and there was a period of time where it was just like every festival man, like you know, I was young, I was playing multiple genres, and I was getting booked to play trance to play uh- chill music as well, and like different things, so, yeah, man, it's been quite that's awesome, a, man, yeah, that's awesome, quite a journey i i do have uh I do have a lot of gigs under my belt and I'm I'm extremely proud of that.
0: That's awesome,
1: man. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um <clears throat> so what what was your kind of uh what was your break in to I guess the scene, the festival scene or even just kind of getting your feet with uh with producing? I mean, not sorry, not producing like um yeah,
1: well doing the sets
0: and things. The break in point was actually so I I told you it'd be spent two years
2: like partying and going to trance events yeah. and at the same time I was trying to get gigs as well as a trans dj but i wasn't really actually that ready and surprising enough i didn't get it and then the moment i actually kind of like started playing side trans i started putting on my own parties uh i'd moved out of like the group of friends that i was living with and went to live in my first share house um and it was called the happy house it's a fucking it was a wild gypsy house like 15 <laughs> people in a five-bedroom house um drink party house parties every weekend and just generally like a cool like backpacker. It was like a backpacker hostel vibe, but it's in a house in like 51 Elgin Street, Hawthorne. Check that out. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of history there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was put on these parties called the Big Bang, And that's a long conversation in itself, but those parties basically grew traction. And when they grew sort of enough traction... Um, i got like sort of met this guy called sun tribe this indian dude called sun tribe ash and he put me onto another guy called peter suara who at the time was spiro from Earthcore's business partner slash um yeah like i don't know if i don't know what the real i don't know if it was the number two or they were just both like the thing like like i don't know what the hierarchy was but yeah they found me and um i got you know because of my house parties i got booked at uh, room six hundred and eighty by this guy con House, rest his soul, and yeah, they came basically checked me out, and I had like you know all my Bahraini mates, all the pe- my housemates from the Happy House. So I managed like came into the to the gig, and I managed to bring in fifty people in there, and and then they saw me, you know, they saw me, they were impressed with my thing, and they're like, yeah, we'll book you for our next gig at the Royal Melbourne Hotel. And so there was a protoculture gig which so protoculture at the time was a pretty big Psytrance DJ who transitioned into the mainstream trance scene and so
0: around, sorry to interrupt. So yeah. around this time you're mainly just playing Psytrance? There's that was kind of your, yeah, your thing. I was
2: playing like Psytrance. The thing is like when I was in Bahrain, I was playing Electro House. I was mm, playing I mm. started DJing in Bahrain, I was playing Electro House. Right, right. I was playing a bit of PsyTrance then and trance. Uh, so I was already multi genre mixing. Right. Yep. And, and playing different things and uh i wouldn't say i was playing techno i was playing a lot of tech house and electro house and um so by the time when i played that gig it was more of a progressive house set mm-hmm. uh it's all these genres right
0: i'm uh, really bad at yeah <laughs> identifying I don't know. Genres. just
2: you know just like <laughs> i was just playing like slow like music suited for an opening set mm-hmm. so not yep. very fast you know and in the side room so you're not supposed to play like uh the banging set but I still like played pretty groovy and jacking and like all my friends are over there and they're all dancing so I got booked I got put the same time as the headline Mm -hmm. act and I filled in that Royal Melbourne Hotel I end up um, when I was tech aid I was dressed up in scrubs right because it was like audio surgery (laughs) because I was like I was pretty good as well with decks and like doing like effects and stuff like that and really trying to be as creative and like push my d de- without without n- not scratching i don't scratch but i tried to do shit with the effects of mm, of mm. Uh, a mixer and um the decks as well like looping and stuff like that and creating build-ups and layering and stuff um and using movie samples in my mixes and shit um but yeah they booked me at this like protoculture gig and uh they put me in the same time as the, mm. as the protoculture and i was playing this progressive size stuff which was still very early hadn't caught up and became this huge like phenomena that it is now so i was one of the first few djs to play it to my knowledge you know um i'm not going to take full credit for that but i like when i was playing i was like i the sound that i was playing i couldn't hear many people playing it unless it was the headline international acts mm. uh, and now the people that i was playing are like fucking superstar djs like in the trance world you know yeah um and yeah, man, I filled the room uh, like almost more than the, the headline act. Again, because I promoted so much because it was like fucking second gig, but get all my friends there. And then, man, these guys, like the Earthcore guys, like uh, props to Spiro and Peter, like it was just like from one gig to another gig, it just kept getting better and better. And um, they just kept seeing that I had like, uh, I just made a dance floor go off, mm. you know? And I'm, I'm very energetic when I play. I'm very like, I'm like, just a puppy, man. I'm just like, fucking, I'm, I'm always, exci- I'm always way too excited uh, every time I play. Yeah. You know, I think it's a privilege and, and I really get into the music. It doesn't matter what I play. Even if it's chill, you'd be like, why is this guy banging it out to chill music? It's just like, I don't know, man. Music moves me in a way that I'm like, I just feel like that's my, uh, especially behind the decks, that's my comfort zone. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't get stage fright. I don't get, you know, I get nerves before the gig. But when I'm on there and like you play your first two, three tracks, I think most DJs can relate to this. Is once you nail those three mixes, then you're like, um, you're in it. Mm. You're in that sort of zone, the uh, flow state.
0: And yeah. Fuck man, all this talk has just made me fucking hungry for a party, man. <laughs> this like, oh, it's been um, it's been a while. It's been a while yeah. since you know since being at a festival or anything like that. Yeah, when was your last one? Well, fuck, I mean. It was a while ago because uh, just before COVID, we, I mean, we, we went over to America and did the, uh, the Eclipse over oh, there. Oh, you did that? Yeah, Fuck that yeah, that man. was great. I think the Australian one was better though, to be honest. The 2012 one? Yeah, you did that? Y- yeah, you yeah, 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 You played that, right? Uh, not officially. Right. Yeah, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. A little renegade. Yeah, at the falafel shop. Someone <laughs> was like, oh, it's like where
2: are you going, waffles? I was like, uh, I'm going to the falafel <laughs> shop. I'm DJing at the falafel shop. And they're like, what? And I ended up playing for like three and a half hours or something and I actually ended up getting like 200 people dancing Sick. outside because they closed a lot of the stages. You know, they had like some mm. stages which shut. And I ended up getting a crowd in front of me and yeah, played chill into Psytrance and back into chill.
0: That was a very special festival, the Australian one. I felt it was funny because I think when everyone arrived, like it was a dust bowl. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of dead trees, a lot of termite mounds, dust everywhere. Not a whole mm. lot of like Survival. leaves. And I think, as we were arriving, like some of the people we were with were just like, "Oh, what the fuck? I don't know about this." But then, <laughs> literally, once it was all settled, it was like, "Oh, it was amazing." Yes. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, the American one, um, it was oh, they just didn't. I just felt like there was a lot of organizational shit that they just didn't nail. Yeah, like we um, uh, we arrived and they, uh, I, th- I don't know whether they oversold tickets, but they basically parked us uh, a 25-minute walk away from the festival. Yeah, wow. Um, which is a problem. 25-minute walk is a, is a bit of a problem. For toilets, for amenities. Yeah, and yeah, like just, just, just taking drinks in, like your ice melts by the time you get there because it's the blistering heat, the heat yeah. and um, just things like that. And also, oh uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but... And yeah, since then I've probably done Tanglewood um, and stuff. But yeah, it has been a while, and I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like COVID has made me uh, forget how to uh, forget how to party. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know who I am anymore. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you derive your sense of identity from parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, was that a big effect for you? I mean, I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm sure it was for um, for everyone. But being stripped of that, uh, that um, connectivity, that. Yeah. yeah, yes and no. Um,
2: I did say like, well man, like if I don't have this persona that I've created, I guess or or that I've become, um, who am I? Like if I don't have these accolades and these like, because because a lot of like my insecurity and like this need to be DJ and like this attention whore that I am is like, <laughs> is this need to validate myself? And every time you go and do something like DJing or public speaking, it's it's a big form of validation,
0: right? it's yeah, Super common, man. It's yeah. super common. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So you're saying? No, I've just I've thought like if I broke my hands, like who am I? Just another fucking slump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I don't know. I never think about that because like yeah. You, you you're painting and you're, yeah, like, I such mean, a... if, if that's taken from you, it's like, but that's just the lesson, isn't it? You just got to, I Mm-mm. guess, do <laughs> take the time when you can to do some form of inner work or self development. Yeah, that you don't yeah. have to rely on. Um, well, for for me, on one those things
2: one thing that you are like, you know, if, you know, you asked me that question of like, oh, well, kind of what what did you do in mm. my, that situation? For me, I was already like. Because I became a dad, a lot of my, you know, the chasing and the hustling and the networking, a lot of it disappeared when I became a dad and it almost like... Um, it was a very depressing time, the first, sort of first to second year of my kid's life because, not because of my kid, but just because of the situation of, of what we were in. We didn't have a lot of money and we we're just like trying to make it. I had to pay for my immigration visa, which costs a lot of money. A my, lot of money, right? Yeah, like uh, 8000 or something? S- seven for the visa, three for the lawyer, and the lawyer gave me a $1,000 discount. And then a couple of months after that, $5,000 for a home birth, which was subsidized. Like you got three, you know, start to pay three and then like just moving into this house that we're in
0: five thousand dollars for a home birth i never even thought about what a home birth would cost i mean yeah. you just think yeah just yeah. pop it out in the house free yeah, right. free right well, some people do that yeah but i'm sure what, what does that money well, go people, having a uh, a midwife two midwives and, yeah, and also yeah. the pre
2: pre sort of um education that you get like like right. it, it was it was good. I, like I always have this funny debate, it's like, oh, it was really worth it. It's like my my ex wife would be like, "What are you talking about, to <laughs> fucking daughter?" To I'm like, yeah, I know, but like you know, like this was not missing, and this was this. But no nah, our, our midwife was, um, she's she was fantastic. She removed any doubt, and she instilled so much confidence in both me and uh, Naomi, my ex wife. And so yeah, she she helped out a lot. But um, uh, segwaying back into you know the whole thing, it's like so everything had pause already and then lockdown happened and then my separation um and it's only until after the separation sort of happened um that uh the fitness thing really helped Mm -hmm. so i started to just actually knuckle down on my mental and my physical and as opposed to really and like really clearing up the backlog of creative things i had to do and the backlog of things that needed to be done around the house and like started to really clean up my space and really like, um, reassess who I was and where I was and how I do things. And I'm like, if I'm going to do this again, I need to actually be more organized. You know, like I started analyzing why I'm like, I've had all these great achievements and it's great. But one thing about being a producer slash DJ is like in this scene is it seems like the producers always get the bigger gigs and they start can charge more because they put more music out. And that's sometimes, um, I'm not envious or jealous but the the thing that I'm like oh well I've also put 14 years of my just DJing alone into this mix and I've been playing for so long and you can't hike up your prices as much as a producer who puts out a few hits or like gets on a big label and suddenly starts getting a lot of gigs and so it seems to be a trend that the producers always get like valued more. And, right, right, and, and so we have a lot of newcomer DJs, but I'm like, and they play great track selection and stuff like that. But I think the art of DJing and realizing that a DJ is someone is a, is a party starter. Yeah, you know, you're not yeah. just playing. For me, the way I see, it, you're not just playing tunes, man. You are creating the vibe, you elevating everything, and we shouldn't discount that. Mm. And so, you know, I started to go, okay, well, if I'm gonna go back into it, obviously, I've got to start producing more, not so I can get more recognition faster. Um, but there's a little bit of that, you know. But it's actually like, okay, well, you've been in this DJing like, for so long. It's like, where is the ceiling? Either I learn how to scratch, you know, now. Um, like, I how
0: ha- do you upskill kind of thing? Yeah, how, how do you, do you keep pushing
2: the envelope? Envelope, and like, how do you upskill? And if, it, if it's not scratching, sure, I always add like some tech gadgets to, you know, create some cool features in my set, like, like rapping or, or, um, using effect processes in my mixes uh or on top of my vocals and stuff like that but the yeah the upskill is the production mm. is you know make your own beats and stuff like that but for me that's just going to be a slow process i'm not going to push like you know there's a lot happening in my life i've got a lot of fingers and pies um so that it, i want to treat that more as a hobby now you know right but uh, go back to sort of um pushing the envelope of creating events and spaces and also um, just getting uh, higher-profile gigs, mm. you know, mm. now that we're back in Melbourne. It's good. So I didn't really answer your question of, like, uh, how do you struggle or deal with that sort of uh, loss of uh, deriving your identity from... No,
0: no, no. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's cool to hear you kind of talk about that time, I guess, uh, from lockdown, because, yeah, it's, it can be a real sink or swim time for people. I've found this whole yeah. thing has just been, like... A slow process of attempting to iron out all the creases that uh, are yeah, yeah. that are uh, you that I've created for myself on when I'm just on my automatic mind, but yeah, just the bad habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I'm you know just slow down on a, on a few bad habits. However, yeah, it's a fucking process. Once you really look at all your bad habits, there's a, mm. I got a lot. I got a lot of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> you got a lot of shit under <laughs> the
2: trunk, isn't it? Yeah,
0: and like. I think also as a result, like I feel like in the last couple of weeks, I'm like fuck. I've like. I become a hermit. I went from being a really social guy to being like a, yeah. uh, an introvert very quickly. I don't. Yeah, it's kind are of norm- worrying. Are
2: you normally an introvert or an extrovert? Extroverted.
0: Very. Yeah. yeah like I, I uh, would describe myself an similar to how you describe yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> puppy dog. Sometimes just like yeah, it's happy yeah. to be here. But um, yeah, 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 it's 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 a weird shift. You know, it's a it's a weird time, and you, um, and we're still in it. Yeah. You know, easy to forget. We're definitely still in it. So
2: yeah oh well i try to disconnect myself from that narrative yeah that, that's one thing that's like helped me is like i know i look you know you don't want to be that person's like oh everything's great isn't it? Like, i went through my struggles during lockdown but i how i chose to deal with them was uh, i think very constructive i got an adhd coach at the uh, at the start of last year and you know we talked about that briefly how like i just started to win my mornings and stuff like that and what,
0: what does an ADHD coach do? Uh, well,
2: Obviously, deals. Helps sh- you. Sh- shout out to my mate Jack, uh, Jack from ADHD Solutions, Jack uh, Jack Johnston. I didn't uh, know this existed. Well, uh, you know, you've got life coaches, mm-hmm. you've got business coaches. My mate um, is has ADHD, Jack, and um, he is also studied neuroscience at I think Monash or Melbourne Uni. So, and I think one of his uh, thesis, uh, I think his thesis would have been on ADHD and treatments and stuff like that so obviously being a neuroscientist like they really kind of look at how uh neurotypically people on adhd act and how they you know react to things and how they can be impulsive so he has systems in place that he taught me was just like he tried to help me recognize some of my patterns mm. and how my adhd can sometimes create issues in my life but also showed me how it can actually be a powerful tool that has a sort of competitive advantage over someone who doesn't have ADHD because it can be, it could be this amazing like thing that like, it's like, ah, oh, it's a blessing and a curse quite literally. Mm. Um, but you have to have structure. There needs to be some level of structure and routine. And um, because people with ADHD are more prone to get depression and anxiety, and they get often treated for anxiety and depression as opposed to getting treated for the ADHD, mm. which is creating those symptoms, Right. you know, and they create those symptoms by like people like people like me, if I start not, if I don't achieve, if I don't have like some sort of a, a system of reward, it's coming in regularly, I'll start feeling depressed. And that's generally because physiologically speaking, I don't produce as much serotonin as the average person. So I'm more prone to get those things.
0: Is that a common thing in ADHD? Or yeah, is, yeah. It's a, also, like, just just trying to understand ADHD because, like, I don't know, is it kind of a bit like a spectrum in terms of the fact that it can take a different a Few different forms, or is it kind of consistent in in the way it demonstrates across people? Um, look, I'm, I'm no expert
2: on the matter, I just yeah. I'll only talk about experience, but right, I, I feel like it is a spectrum because sometimes I don't feel very ADHD, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just feel like I can focus, but
0: yeah, because some people can hyper focus on it, right? Well, that's 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 the thing, yeah, right. So th- it's called attention deficit hyper
2: disorder, I think it's called, and there's ADD and there's ADHD. Um, I'm familiar with the ADHD one, but yeah. So the best analogy that's been used, uh, and this isn't my analogy; it's just uh, things I've heard down the grapevine, and sorry, not grapevine, down the down the track, um, is it's like your brain. Uh, you have access to a remote, except you're looking at ten TVs at the same time and you can't focus on every single one of those like you can't focus on that it's like that scene in the matrix you know when neo meets the architect it's like all those screens yeah yeah So yeah. it's like that thing and it's like well which one are you going to look at it's so hard to filter out that noise except that noise is in your head and so it's very difficult to concentrate but when you're really into something and something really catches your attention and like uh, can trigger like your reward systems um which is basically where your dopamine and your serotonin is right It's very easy to hyper-focus on that Mm. because there's a positive feedback loop that happens. So it's like either you're hyper-focused or you just struggle to focus on on anything, you know? And so how do you combat that? You know, you've got to sort of rein your brain in. You've got to be like that. So by doing physical physical exercise help, mindful meditation, which I don't do, I struggle like fucking, I struggle so much with meditation.
0: I've just been getting into it. I've been doing a 40-day challenge. It's been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah
2: do you yep. so what do you do would you just like sit there and just do nothing
0: uh well i i yeah i'm kind of similar to you i've i always like binge off like i'm a spiritual binger i will like go to a retreat immerse myself in like the spiritual like little period of my life and then i'll go home and never meditate again kind of thing but um so i just did this 40 day um mindfulness meditation course with uh there's a uh, spiritual teacher, Buddhist teacher called Jack Cornfield. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's great, but I just jumped on his website. So he's got a jacks. bunch of cor- yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got a bunch of courses. But this was his free one. I just wanted to see whether uh, I would benefit from it. And, um, and did you? Yeah, probably about f- uh, twenty-five days in. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 really good, actually. Yeah. I, um, I mean, uh, the, the phone kills it. The phone addiction kills it. Yeah, because you're you're listening to guided meditations. Yeah, but I think that's the thing. By doing it daily, it just – I mean, anything you do daily, it just slowly seeps in. And then after a while, uh, it becomes a bit more – muscle memory is probably not the right – probably memory memory (laughs) because it's in the brain. No, no. Um, Yeah, and and you just catch yourself a bit more um, separating yourself from your thoughts. It's
2: totally muscle memory. Yeah. It's yep. totally muscle memory. Yeah, mm. like,
0: but yeah, I I think it's great. My, yeah, it's it's. I, I find it hard to, like you, you were are kind of saying, uh, just do on my own accord. But if there's some kind of structure in place, like a course, yeah, it's uh it's, it works. It's working pretty well. Pretty good. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah.
2: I just like my mind drifts way too much. And I mean, the whole point that's of, part of it. That's that's part yeah. of it. And um, but I find I get aggravated sometimes. I get super itchy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Start itching me itching my head, and I'm like yeah. itching my shoulders. And you're not supposed to, right? You're supposed to like sit still. I just, I just do it, and I just allow myself. And because um, yeah. um, there's another great spiritual teacher called Sharon Salzberg, and uh, one of the things she says is, "It's all in the return." You know, when you uh, your mind wanders, or if you just drop off the radar of doing your practice, whatever that may be, um, part of the practice is in the return, and that's mm. and that's that's the really great thing to actually return even if it's your mind wandering or just or if you're exercising and you stop for a month just doing that first run is the return and it's and in the return is a really that's kind of part of the um you shouldn't punish yourself for it you should reward yourself for that it's a uh,
2: beautiful thing speaks speaks volumes man Mm. for sure like Mm. that that is actually one of the lessons that uh my adhd coach was like the importance of um of basically not caring so much. Like, yep. oh, no, was it? No, the reducing of the importance of a thing. It's like, mm, yeah, mm. so what if you didn't go to the gym for two or three weeks straight, or even a month? So like, just go back into it. So, so you know, it's like. Yeah, and it's that building up a barrier?
0: You're yeah. Like, oh, I've got to start all over again. I've lost all my strength. It's exactly. Like, or you could just shut up and go for a run. Like, yeah, you know, yeah you'll yeah. probably enjoy it. <laughs> and, and then, man, like, I've been plagued
2: by this, like, feeling that of like i because again i start things and i go really hard and then i stop doing it yeah it's just a pattern that i've had and and like it i get really upset because i'm like i really like that thing and i've gotten some traction in it but then i'm like i just don't seem to have the mental prowess to have longevity in that thing and one of the few things that i've had longevity in is djing
0: yeah yeah
2: (laughs) you know which has actually been probably the most constant thing in my life which maybe it's like maybe this is why i should never quit this because this is, it's you know this realm is, seems important but at least like with the adhd coach it was like we started with i told you we started with push-ups in the morning and that's mm. and it it helps all these little practices that you do to help you win the morning like doing push-ups in the morning and writing lists and maybe doing a breathing exercise is to do simple things that you would normally think are hard that and then you just check off the list so before you get to like fucking 10 a.m or whatever it is whatever time you wake up You're like, wow, I've already done five things that are basically winning. Fuck, I could just win the rest of the day. Mm. So he got me into that mindset of like, oh, it's so easy to just get up and start doing a push-up. Like I haven't done exercise properly in two weeks and I'm kind of like, rather than being like, oh, I don't know if I can start. I'm itching to go back into it. And so I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should just get up and start doing push-ups because the whole way I trained was just... Cool, it's just here. I don't need to go anywhere else. I don't
0: need to schedule time. Just go up and do it. And the trick is to be compassionate with yourself. Oh, yeah. I was just, just about to say that. Yeah. It's that retraining of actually just being really kind to yourself, you know? Yeah. So if, you're fucking, if your butt itches yeah. when you're meditating, itch the butt. <laughs> <laughs> totally, man. But yeah, that that has been like a big thing for me lately is... um. Yeah, I, I relate to so much of what you're just saying. And, yeah, you know, having the consistency with the art, you've had the consistency with the uh, with the music. Yeah, yeah and yeah. just having a whole lot of other things that you, I'll go hard on um, and then abandon uh, just because of laziness or whatever. Yeah, but there used to be a real like um, feedback loop where you'd abandon and then you. Really, I, I would really dwell on that and yeah, see if it was a failure. But like now it's just been a retraining um, and having some kind of like a mindfulness has been really good for that. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just really retraining um, being self-compassionate and being like uh, kind to yourself. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I saw a quote the other day. It's like, um, you know, you – we beat each other up so brutally oh, in our man. brains. You'd never yeah. treat someone like that, and if yeah. you did, you'd be a psychopath. Yeah, I would never yeah. treat you the way my brain would treat me. Like yeah, it's, yeah, that would yeah, be just horrible point. bullying, you know? Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. Um, and yeah, when you can—I don't know—if you can figure out if you can properly comprehend that and be a bit uh, nicer to yourself, as if you're a person. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's, we've, it's so easy to—it's it's so easy thoughtful. to forget that,
2: man. Mm, mm. Like I, one thing I've been like doing lately. Is every time my mind feels like it's gonna eat itself, is I'll start to list my accomplishments. I like, that's a good thing. It's like that's like, hey, your victories are so far past your, you know, your what you consider as losses or failures, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, but like in your case, what's a loss? Like or what's a how, like you know you're like okay well I'm, I failed and I'm gonna dwell on it. What does that look like? Is that like just oh, I haven't done art in like a Month or two months, or something like that. Like, I haven't drawn or painted. No,
0: art's, art's super consistent for me. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, exercise would be a real su- like easy, um, yeah, easy example. Alcohol was a big, um, factor, I think, in um, me beating myself up. It would really help and constantly, I, f- I feel like having those hangovers and yeah, was, after a while, starting to affect my brain levels. To be honest, yeah, I like, it was really yeah. easy to beat myself up, so kind of. <clears throat> I've temporarily, well, I've removed that for the time being. Um, yeah. doing a year sober, attempting a year sober. No, I'm not attempting, I'm doing a year sober right now, um, right
2: now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that, man. It, it does, yeah, massive differences, and
0: yeah. yeah, just that, just like okay, well, is this serving me right now? No, and I found that it's been very easier, it's been way easier to um, be mm-hmm. compassionate to yourself without dealing with uh. Uh, a yeah. bodily assault. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty good lately. I've been been all right, you know. Yeah. I feel like um, because like my
2: hangovers now, I I don't want to get hungover because like every time I do, I either like get just a little bit drunk and I don't get hungover, or I will get to that alcohol level poisoning of yeah, yeah, uh, and then the next day I'm either vomiting and I. Feel like suicidally
0: depressed, man. Why was I never warned about this? Like I yeah. thought hangovers were just bodily aches, headaches, and but yeah, I don't know. The older you get, it's like it's, uh, it's more mental. Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like a come down. It's like an extreme. It's worse than most of. The, yeah, it's it is. I think. Sometimes not always not always not sometimes. always.
2: Uh, I think it's like when you also like it depends on what you eat the night before and if you've like mixed a lot and if mm-hmm. you haven't had much food in your belly, then yeah. I think I think the reason why that is, and this is just a theory, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Is first off, I don't know you know that um, the brain and gut barrier thing, how like
0: your gut biome can totally dictate uh, yeah, how your mind works. Absolutely, and stuff, yeah, right? yeah.
2: So how they call it psychobiotics or something like mm. that. Oh, that's a term I read in a science journal, but yeah. yeah, I
0: listened to some podcasts about that maybe maybe like two years ago, but I, I need a refresher course in that because yeah, it's I'm, super important. I'm not that
2: knowledgeable. I mean, I just know that like we all have different gut biomes and certain foods can make us react a certain way or like play on you that make you maybe more irritable and stuff like that. And so I'm like, well, fuck, man, your gut is literally inflamed by the amount it's trying to process all this poison and toxicity levels that are through the roof. It's like... Well, that makes sense why you wouldn't feel good, especially at your age, like at an older age where your gut's probably a bit more, it's had a bit of a beating over the years, you know, Yeah, yeah. too many uh, vindaloo's or whatever it is. (laughs) 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 Too many many vindaloo's, vindaloos, you know. (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: That's awesome. Like I can't have chilies anymore, man. Why is that? I just overdid it
2: Well I either get Fucking savage diarrhea Or like (laughs) Or like I have cramps Like what What I would expect So you didn't build up a tolerance It went the other way yeah, Well, no, like in my mouth. Yeah. Like, hell sure, yeah. Sure, I can sure, slam sure. fucking chilies all day. Like I could eat like green chilies and, you know, like I love the burn. when mm. uh, it comes out the other way, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I get really like stomach cramps. Like, like just like where my liver is and kidneys. It's like, man, it feels like I'm being punched in the – yeah, so I can't have that, which is a shame because I'm Arab.
0: Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a, a buddy of mine went to India and he uh, – I, think, I don't know what, what he got. I don't know whether Yellow he got fever? a parasite or whether Dengue. he got, I don't know, but he got something yeah. and he developed a severe allergy to chilies from India. So if he would eat chilies, his whole face and skin would go red f- and flaky. Like his skin wow. would just f- start flaking like bad. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. I th- I, but it just happened in India. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Yeah, then
2: there's probably damage to his gut. Yeah, he probably fried it, Fri- sizzled, sizzled, sizzled <laughs> just his got rid gut of like, all the a layers. hole somewhere there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just leaking,
0: <laughs>
2: leaking into his organs.
0: Um, so I was, uh, you know, traw- trawling through through your music, and um, I mean, I've always known uh, your musical uh, persona as Shantaram, but I uh, didn't also realise that um, Torin, ta- is that how you say it? I'll tell you what, there was Techade. Decade. There was
2: Nightshade, mm-hmm. so that was playing night nighttime Psytrance. Um I kind of dropped them off the SoundCloud because I don't really play that stuff anymore. I don't mm. want to pursue it. But I've ended up with Shantaram and Torin. And um, yeah, so sh- yeah, yeah, those are those are the two. Yeah.
0: What are the um what are the significant differences between the two? Um it's a good question. Uh <laughs> I'm assuming Torin's more tech techno yeah yeah mm. so
2: it's, one's four four it's definitely more techno it's trying to go for that more either psychedelic techno or very peak time techno so that's very like uh, there's a label out there called drum code drum code recordings and is it drum code records it, anyways it's like really heavy fast um, type of techno but I do play other like slower stuff even deep house and progressive Again, genres that I've always always used to play, but I just thought as a as a brand, I need to condense these to two names that I actually do like, you know. Because Nightshade, Nightshade was cool for Citrans. I have to admit, I did like that name, um, mm. but Techade, I wasn't so, you know. It's like, what is it? This is like this IT guy is gonna pop out and start fixing your, <laughs> you know, your, you know, DSL router like settings, yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's what Techade sounded like. Um, but yeah, I've condensed it down to Torin, and Torin's a reference to a Warcraft game, okay, a character in a Warcraft game because I'm a total nerd. At the end of the day, yeah, <laughs> not a lot of people know, and I'm also born in May, so that character was a bull, yeah, and uh, that's what I
0: assumed it was, yeah. Right. So it was a bit of a
2: double like thing, you know, um, and it sounded cool enough,
0: yeah. It sounds pretty cool, yeah, yeah, Torin,
2: yeah. You know, um, yeah. So and so Shantaram is now like it used to be. Shantaram was the chill like Shanti stuff, but now I'm getting a lot of drum and bass bookings and I'm, I'm trying to go for more high energy sets because for a long time after I created that mix, I kind of got relegated to playing a lot of chill sets and I've always been actually, like I said, an energetic person who plays like peak time, like gets like people going. So when you start getting booked too many times for chill sets, you know, the chill sets aren't, you're not really... Heart's like they, not in it. Yeah, uh, not the, heart, heart is in it. It's just... I need to play other genres to get that also hit. Like I need to be in mm-hmm. front of a, a large audience and like bang out heavy, heavy hitters and you know uh, dance floor destroyers to feel like, like wow we partied we really like sent it you know uh, musically speaking. Um, so yeah, so shantaram now is just bass. I try to like just it's just bass music, whatever any type of broken beat, syncopated music or like really obscure electronic chill, um, world music and uh, dub. Would fall under that category, and anything four four, uh, specifically techno, would be under torn. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah. Those techno sets, because I saw you had a, um, I don't know whether it's a, a music podcast that you had, um, noises, noises in the, in the dark. dark. Would you call that it was a, a podcast? <laughs> yeah, or? I'm really keen to bring that back. That's so. great, man. I I I um only just heard it this week, and I didn't know. Are you are those um so uh, what would you call techno? straight techno or
2: uh, towards the end like they're supposed to be harder but some of them do start a bit more deep housey and right. and, and um progressive um, are you
0: producing these or are you no. kind of no i'm doing yeah. all
2: the artwork and sort of the art direction on canva mm. um so just using again using stock images from the internet that are really dark and ominous because that's the the vibe that i want to sort of have that's why you'll notice everything is like black and yeah um and you know and saying that it's not really hard to make the artwork it's just like finding a good image put the logo on it change it to put a filter on it it's like okay, cool that works yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh don't pay a graphic designer mm. um, yeah. <laughs> no no like i've i've only released one track ever a part of basic records which is now um stone seed which is a label up north um the guy called ziggy runs it zigmon um he's doing big things for australia uh, yeah, and it was part of a compilation, so that was called uh, Head 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 Games. It was a John Baptiste um, remix. I remixed John Baptiste. Um, right. Yeah. So, but I am I am working on stuff right now. I just like decided, you know what? That was very sped up that that uh, that track that I released. So. I didn't have much time. I had two weeks to finish it and I'd never really released anything and my production wasn't really on par with much of the other people that were there but the label liked it, you know? So, great, you know, and that gives me more confidence. Maybe I should just release. Maybe I should stop worrying so much about sounding like the way I play other people's music, you know? It's like you can't compare yourself like to, I don't know, like, so,
0: sometimes that can really get in the way, you know, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I am all for like refining and releasing, don't release shit, put out the best thing you can, yeah, exactly. but sometimes that can really fucking cripple you, you know, and if you, if you just really, not you, but just any, no, any, just any creative, yeah, yeah. like if you just really, um, Obsess over it being perfect, and and you can of, often just cripple yourself, and, and just yeah, end totally. up not um totally. not doing what you really want to do. Like mm-hmm. it's definitely the case with paintings, and just knowing where to stop because otherwise you'll just waste time. And yeah. yeah. R- rather get more ideas out there sometimes than, do you, um.
2: Do you yeah. think that it's just better? Because I'm starting to think like this so a bit. It's just better to put it out and get feedback as opposed sure. to never showing it to anyone, and then never like getting the sort of
0: you know. I, I do I think it's like there's a sweet spot for sure, but I just know I know so many musicians and artists that are sitting on so much great work that they don't value that that work yeah at all they're like oh it's not good oh that was just an idea and he's just like what the fuck this is so good yeah yeah build on that <sharp inhale> get yeah, it yeah, out yeah. like you know and um and yeah sometimes i think more musician i think like a lot of musicians it's it's like that man like this is a bit of
2: a question for you for you right like it's so easy to critique someone like who's a dj or like with a dj like, oh you know your mix was there the beat matching was a little bit off or this mm. and that and the timing was off the phrasing or like, or a producer like oh you know the, that wasn't mixed the levels on that but like how do you critique an artist like how would I critique you if you wanted feedback Like, I don't know how to critique an artist like what do you tell me hey man I don't know about this color like this shading uh, I've got, like, plenty, so plenty
0: so, of people that will plenty of people that, that will critique I, re- I really value that critique uh, but these days for me really.
2: I wouldn't know I would just look at that because I don't know how to paint mm. you know like as good as a stick man figure really like that's as far as you'll get with me you know but like <laughs> if I come and look at you and I'm like I, to me that would look awesome no idea how to do something like that so like how do you critique an artist to help them better their game well
0: i I reckon uh uh judge it by engagement a lot of the time you know are people engaged Mm. even if they don't know why you know if or they just kind of brush over it that's that's i think a, a, a simple way of Judging feet, like that kind of feedback because so many people just don't understand art and that's fair enough. Art's confusing as fuck. Yeah, I mean my art's like pretty representational, meaning you know what y- you're looking at. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. a landscape and sometimes psychedelic, but you know most most art is is abstract and it's um and it's difficult. You know most people, a lot of people don't know how to feel, feel <laughs> or, yeah, or, or yeah. respond to that. And yeah that's fine that's absolutely fine but that's that's one thing that I've always been jealous about uh, music is um music has the power to reach more people very directly yeah everyone's got their taste in music everyone knows what what their jam is everyone mm-hmm. knows how to yeah. like how to move and feel it can yeah, yeah even people who are not creative can can literally be moved to tears from music from yeah, um, yeah. and although that can happen with art it's it's uh it's the, rare. Well, the window is smaller. I think you know yeah. you can really. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me, but I just think, uh, generally speaking, yeah. for the masses, it's um, it's harder harder to achieve that with art, vi- you, visual art.
2: Have you ever had though an experience where you were like so moved by a piece of art, like painting, that you were like, "Wow, this is just incredible"?
0: I mean, yeah, I've never been. I've never been moved to tears by a painting. <laughs> but you know what? Actually, like this sounds like such a stupid like. <laughs> Drogo hippie thing to say, but yeah. like going to viewing art, I've, I've I've viewed art or gone to an through exhibition through a psychedelic lens. Through a psychedelic lens, yeah, that's yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it actually like some I've. Um, I mean, festivals as well, but a lot of the time festival art is um, kind of a, within a genre of itself. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally, and that's fucking sick. Um, yeah, yeah it awesome, is. That's awesome, but it, it's, it's not uh, probably my main taste in art. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of gone to an exhibition uh, and and viewed it as you said through a psychedelic lens, and I feel like you feel it. You can get in. You can your mind goes to places, and you yeah. really spend time looking at art. And um, that's a that's a great thing. That's a really wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the worst advice: <laughs> take drugs, everybody, <laughs> take and go to art exhibitions. Art. And, art, why is that but, bad um, advice? Well, no, I mean, as long as you're doing it uh, and you're not. Um, bothering people or acting like, a, or, you know, but yeah, um, yeah. then it's, it's, it's a completely different way of viewing art. And um, yeah, I don't know. I've, uh, I've derided so much more meaning out of pieces, mm-hmm. having done that. Um, it's only happened a few times. I don't wander the street. It's yeah, yeah, going yeah. gallery hopping yeah. high <laughs> very often, but it has, it has happened. And, um, and that has, that has given me the feeling that I think uh, beautiful music has has um has given me for sure
2: that's it's it's funny because like it's one of the reasons why i play so many genres Mm. is first off i feel like uh, you you'll always find me at a festival i'll bring my own mixer and that because i now i like i just play with a laptop as opposed to when i used to play with like the cdjs which is you know Mm. the traditional Mm. approach um you always find me trying to hijack or create like a new setting where it's an unofficial thing like you know like uh, hip hop beats at a river, you know. Mm. Like I used to listen to hip hop growing up, but now, like now, I'm like actually like I like actually like playing the hip hop too now. Yeah. And I would never advertise myself as a hip hop DJ, but it should the need ever arise where it's a house party or like an after party, esoteric. Where when I say after party, I mean like in the campsite, you know, mm. um and just be banging out '90s hip hop, you know, stuff like that. And it's like there's a time and a place for everything and and especially music and music creates the vibe mm. you know it's like i look at music in the same way you would look at like an empty canvas or like i sorry i look at a setting in the same way that you look at an empty canvas right
0: what, what, does, can, this what yeah. does this need what does this need what
2: can we paint this there's a bunch of people you can see they're a bit vibing I can I reckon I can take their experience up a notch yeah you know by creating just a good vibe and and that feeling that you see people smiling and like I really like even if it's not a dance floor thing' it's like I can see someone bobbing their head or like mm. starting to tap their the sort of feet and they're just like really and it's like oh
0: yeah that track
2: or oh, you can see them like miming to the lyrics or whatever it is it doesn't have to be electronic um and you're starting to tell a story again or you're trying to you're trying to what is it the the quote i heard, i read a long time ago is painting um music is like painting uh, painting silence i can't look i can't remember it was a great quote um the meaning of it was basically that you like silence is the canvas and with music you can music is the brush essentially that you can yeah, paint yeah you, know, you can paint that silence with me with with a sense mm. of emotion or feeling you know yeah and and i think that's also what a DJ should do. You know, and a good DJ will do that well. Yeah. Um, not just you know, not just a peak time set or whatever it is. It's just like tell it tell a story.
0: I think know? I honestly think that the and I'm not trying to sound like too deep for the sake of being deep, but I feel yep. like um, it could sound really wanky, but well, this is called into deep. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you gotta go there, man. <laughs> but I feel like the the potential. I'll say that the potential power of a DJ can almost be like like magical or or, oh, or or even like shamanic. So like I've listened to um, uh, a podcast or two. with. There's this guy called East Forest in America and he mm-hmm. kind of does uh, – he's done some beautiful um, albums where he's taken rum dust um, and I think other spiritual teachers and just created ambient music to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also does like um, psychedelic healing ceremonies. So he'll, uh, mm-hmm. I believe – Get everyone uh, assisted therapy, basically, but not therapy for like people with mental illness, like a hospital setting, more just like a healing, a wellness kind of uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he uses his music to guide those trips into um, and try and elevate people into much more, uh, I don't know, religious experiences, I guess, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and having done a ceremony or two myself and having like a facilitator. Like ayahuasca. Yeah, ayahuasca yeah, or yeah. Um, uh, San Pedro yeah. um, or the other things. Um, uh, having the facilitator or shaman or wh- whoever's in charge, uh, if they're good at that, um, using music to to really guide people through challenging trips mm, and mm, it mm. um and even just being at a festival, being lost, having too much fucking K and booze or whatever, yeah. and you're kind of in a bit of a state, or too much acid, and finding that sweet sweet music can actually really calm you down and take you th- back, mm. bring you back into yourself, and yeah, yeah. Uh, um, orchestrating a vibe through music can can be more than just uh, throw on a sick party. Oh, absolutely, you
2: know? absolutely. I mean, I feel like no trip should ever be taken in silence. Mm. That's what mm. I think. I mean or maybe maybe if if you're going into some deep like spiritual like, Yeah, it depends what your what yeah, your intentions yeah, are yeah what right? your intentions yeah. are what you're sort of after and where you where you're at probably as well right like mm. like DMT's probably that like the silence but like things like acid like I remember when I you know I've had some pretty traumatic experiences on acid so that's why i don't really touch psychedelics anymore i mean i've also had psychosis at one point Mm. from mushrooms and i've had psychosis from my first acid trip literally taking 250 mics like way too much Mm, mm. um but then i did that first rainbow we did take acid and it was good but there was a part of my brain that was very nervous and anxious because i was like you know how your first trip went like this is my me thinking it didn't end so well Mm. what if it goes like that Yep. you know luckily it wasn't as strong i don't think i had as as, as strong as uh, the first time and and i could have gone there i've had other trips after that that i definitely went went dark mm. you know in mm. fact every time yeah um but that rainbow uh one of the reasons why like we were really excited to go there was
0: um you've heard of spongle i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. i saw them at rainbow and were the whole you, that, fucking dance floor smelled like shit Yes. Remember that? Yes. What the fuck was going on there? Was it, know, it like was a the sewage mando. pipe burst or something? Yeah. It literally smelled like shit. It was so bad. So and I loved. I was, it was such an amazing show, and I was like high as fuck in the back, and I was just like, fucking fuck, that smells like shit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really well, we were
2: like we shit. were at the front, and it was like the same. I remember it actually. Uh, yeah. And my my best friend who wasn't on acid his Hisham, who I like. uh, uh who just actually came to the festival and like like climbed over that big hill mm. with his missus and his friends because they wanted to experience it and they didn't want to pay for the ticket and like they found us and we took him with us to the dance hall and yeah he knew i was tripping and he knew that i like from the last time we tripped like he knew that i um had um had struggled you know like I'd, i really like i'd the first outside I crawled up into a ball and was shivering it was cold we'd smoked so much weed that that we'd kicked the paranoia to the fucking max you know Mm. we were in an apartment with no furniture it was just like all the wrong fucking variables to have a 250 mic trip where you're like cool six hours yeah that's like very visual I'm all good
0: now Here's another six hours of that. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: know, that's the I'm worst like,
0: feeling as well, like, particularly with acid. You're like, this yeah. it's for so long.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just, I like, I, I tell you right now, I have PTSD from mm. that. I'm still working through a little bit of that. You know, I always get nervous around drugs and stuff like that. It's one of the main reasons why I don't like fuck with a lot of different drugs. And I'm very hesitant because I'm like, I've lost control
0: yeah. at points of
2: my life. And like, I literally was curled up in a ball, like, Fucking started to recite the Quran. like started to, you know, like and it was cold as fuck. It was in Latrobe. It was like winter time. I mm-hmm. didn't have much clothing. There was like literally just a mattress and a blanket. Like you felt like you're in some crack den, although it was actually a brand new apartment mm-hmm. that had no furniture in it. um But luckily, my rainbow experience definitely was the complete opposite of that. It could have gone down that way, but then Spongel was there, and my mate just pulls up the incense stick, so. He, he managed to cover the smell of that shit yeah and and, you know you know Spongle is such a world it's such a journey like you know they designed that music Mm. to be your listening companion to tripping like I cannot think of you know like if you listen to what is it um are you spongled the album Mm. or or the in a while
0: since i've listened to them i used used to be obsessed with them Mm. same same
2: and um you know like they're all mixed into each other so they feel like a journey and even when you're sober man if you just close your eyes and start listening to it you feel like you're tripping like Mm. they really transport you to all these otherworldly uh other worlds i guess and so like that that their performance at rainbow saved my acid trip they guided this journey and made it actually this super incredibly ecstatic f- experience for me amazing you know and I end up having probably one of the best nights of my life you know I still remember that like experience as being like wow Spongel, Rainbow 250 mics Acid you know with the closest you know friends of mine and <laughs> they saved me yeah you know
0: but I mean as cliche as, as it is it, it's all down to certain setting you know and yeah. like really that that, that setting having Wonderful music, wonderful friends, and incense and thing is the setting (laughs) that actually does does it facilitate. Man, acid's risky, man. Acid's fucking risky, especially the higher the dosage as well. If you're not a space cadet, yeah, it's not my. um, uh, my It feels too chemical. Yeah, it just I don't know, it makes me feel real vulnerable sometimes. Yeah, real does it vulnerable. make your
2: thoughts really racy? Like uncontrollably yeah. racy?
0: Yeah, like I've I've had some um some pretty bad experiences too. Hasn't yeah. stopped me though. <laughs> <laughs> you have my respect <laughs> and but, my um, admiration. But yeah, you know, it's just it yeah, it is a bit of a lack of control when you can't you can't just slow it down. You know the the minds are like a filing yeah. cabinet of memories or things. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. Flicked around and, um, yeah, and yeah, it can just be really unenjoyable. I mean, it can be amazing, but it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I apparently it's really, really. I don't know anything about the fucking chemistry of it, but apparently it's a really, really difficult thing to make, and most of it only comes from like one or two. There's only like one or two manufacturers of it. Um, yeah. and I think a lot of it will like come in like crystal form. So I think, I think it probably goes through a lot of fucking hands, you know, and it's yeah. not, um, it's probably not the good shit that they used to all uh, fuck around with in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, yeah, I really, yeah. I really don't think it is, uh, like, you know, I think it's different because there's a big difference between good and bad stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause it was, what is it? It was accidentally derived from, uh, Albert Hoffman. What was he making? Was oh God. He... Which is a
0: type of it's like a rye or some shit like that ah, so okay. it's basically a uh probably gonna butcher this, but it's yeah some kind of um yeah, I don't know if it's a fungus or a uh it's a fer- yeah fermentation some kind of fermentation of the rye mm. um. What, what grows? Like mold? Or? Mold or sugar? Oh, no, no. I don't know. I'm going to, yeah. Don't take my, yeah. if you're interested, look it up. Don't look listen up. to me. I'm not. <laughs> misinformation, misinformation. Yeah,
2: go, go, what is it? Erowid?
0: Erowid. Yeah, great, yeah. great website. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's from Ergot, which I think is a similar, yeah, I don't know. Um, But yeah, Albert Hoffman. Yeah, o- OG, yeah. OG psychedelic. OG Hoffman. Bike man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty interesting story, actually. Oh, it's fascinating.
2: And then he what? He experimented with it for a while as well. He started doing it like every day or something like that. Well,
0: yeah, uh, I'm not too possibly, but he uh, his initial one, he just he just took it as an experiment, uh, not knowing at all the dose. I thought it fell on his hands or something, isn't it? Like it didn't it like accidentally fall on him and he started. I thought he took it. Um, but I could be wrong, and yeah. it, again, it's been a long. Like I was a fucking little psychedelic nerd, probably yeah. ten, ten years. Yeah, yeah, ten years ago, yeah. um, and it's been a while, and my brain's got Swiss cheese. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I can't exactly remember the specifics, but basically I went for a big old bike ride and <laughs> yeah, yeah, had a hero dose. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. On this bike is really going cool. this way. <laughs> this direction is amazing. <laughs> Just going up. Yeah. <laughs> the sky is so blue. But, yeah, but no man, I, I relate. I relate to those. Bad trips and yeah. um, it's important to listen to that and uh, always take it with caution hey it's um it or can, it can be it at all. <laughs> yeah or just don't take it at all yeah for yeah, sure yeah. I mean it's not it's not for everyone it's 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 it can be kind of fucked up sometimes yeah
2: the only time I'd do it is if it was like uh, 20 mics <laughs> you know yeah just give me like the baby baby dose like I want to micro dose it yeah if the visuals part that's the part that I love mm. it's the head there's so much mental involvement, like the racy thoughts, the, the, this is just, uh, I haven't sorted enough of my own issues to, to do it. You know, like when you have like that friend that can absolutely just fucking just do it all the time. And you're like, Oh, are you, you must be so mentally resilient. There must be, you must not have trauma <laughs>
0: <laughs> or you I don't not- understand what happens when you, you you meet people at festivals and they're like, on huge doses you know like, what the fuck is happening in your head yeah it confuses me so much yeah. I don't understand how and some of them can
2: function as well like <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that you I probably look like a rainbow god to you right now or yeah. something like that you
0: know? yeah yeah it blows my mind yeah, yeah. you, you meet all sorts of uh creatures at festivals I'm, I'm, I'm envious <laughs> Of their
2: ability to not have a bad trip. Mm. Because I'm like, man, you are having the time of your life right now. Mm. Like all them colors, all them shit, you know, you must be having, yeah, you must be having a ball in your head behind your eyelids, you know, things dancing around. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah.
0: So then yeah. I, I guess none of that has had uh, much inspiration on you creatively?
2: No, of course it has. It has, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, even the noises and the dark stuff, I mean, that came from a, a point of like darkness, you know.
0: Did you have any kind of revelation through those that traumatic dark trip that you endured? Um, well, I, I really like, um, I went through actually
2: uh, after like I had like the last bad trip and, and um, I had a really bad bad mushroom and alcohol experience where i end up trying to kill myself
1: oh Uh, wow yeah
2: so i was in 2012 and then i had psychosis like after that i couldn't remember who i was and so from 2012 i'm so sorry to hear that sounds horrible it it is and you know and ever since then i have been struggling with like mental health and Mm. like i was sending it man i was sending it every weekend and really Mm. like pushing hard and the most positive thing that's actually even that's affected me creatively is actually having to go through this intense and insane like chronic anxiety that i had every day like to the point where i was like not having like not planning suicide but having like dealing with suicidal thoughts just for, creeping into your mind just unwanted. every day yeah. every day and, and like the the main thing that i sort of like the suffering got so much like these thoughts it was basically like i was on a bad acid trip for like seven years or five years you know and it's <sighs> yeah and it's like i've only really like now I have some days when the stress or like like things happen in my life where they'll find a way back for a week. I'll get that like intense crazy thing and like I'll have to like strip things off and say no to things. I'll have to go back to basics and start like really addressing whatever trauma is coming up or whatever insecurities coming up. But it forced me to get off drugs for years and then it forced me to go sober. And then i started exercising as opposed to taking antidepressants so i went from being this like party boy to still djing still over the course of the years but i went from this like excessive like party animal like raver to really um working on myself and like you know dealing with having these suicidal thoughts and this like feeling of impending doom that's going to happen and um you know, pushing through that and learning a lot more about myself and allowing myself to be more vulnerable. And like, um, again, like you talk about bad habits before. Yeah, like the bad habits are rooted deeply in trauma. Mm-hmm. And even maybe the ADHD is also rooted in trauma. So like really starting to unpack that, telling my parents I did drugs and stuff like that. I told you there was a meltdown point. Um, and, you know, it's a... Uh, it had like a huge experience and i still have residual effects of that time but i've built up a lot of tolerance and understanding of myself and i've also been through a lot more trauma and a lot more stuff in the last few years you know and 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 you know pressure builds diamonds and all mm-hmm. that struggle has made me i know it sounds generic but you know it made me stronger in a sense and i'm still working through it and the, the trick is is like you never get through like maybe you do get rid of some of that stuff but you learn to manage it Mm. and you learn to live with anxiety and depression as opposed to like um trying to self-medicate with more drugs and stuff like that so i realized that i was actually self-medicating for Mm. a long time you know that's a downward spiral isn't it exactly and so even now as a dj i'm like very mindful of yeah like it's really good to it's really amazing that i get to go and play and i get so much out of it it feels like a drug and i feel very inspired and then when i go away from it i feel like there's a drop you know like this it's like oh i was on such a high after playing the show mm -hmm. and then there's this like low but like actually trying to find the balance point between those two it's like yeah it's good that you go to do that but just remember that there's also life Mm. don't try to escape too much from this gig use it as an outlet that's positive but it's like don't um you know don't destroy yourself and annihilate yourself with chemicals and substances you know if you like my thing is like if i'm gonna do any type of drug i do it in small doses i don't even buy it i just get given it at a party i'm like i'll have a little bit of this you know i'm also have a problem with drinking like sending it too far because that's always been my vice but yeah generally i'm like i'll only do these things if i'm in a better headspace because if i'm in a shit headspace then i will have this need to fill in this void you know Mm -hmm. and so it's like yeah so um it has impacted me creatively in terms of like from that darkness i'm i was actually able to reinvent myself in a lot of ways you know i started even writing lyrics um now i start to rap in some of my like drum and bass and my more bass music performances and a lot of my lyrics are, are actually kind of dark mm. you know and i think a lot of people who have heard me rap like it because it's not like you Know bitches and cars and whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. any of that stuff. I was raised in a hood, I wasn't slinging drugs, you know, yeah. like on the corner, or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's got, so, still got to be genuine, you know. Yeah. yeah, so, so, you know, um, for example, from that like lyricism point of view, uh, like for for people in America and the Bronx, or, uh, you know, LA, like South Central LA, like you know, NWA or whatever like they were talking about their stories and the struggles that they experienced and the injustice from police brutality and whatnot for me it was actually about talking about how my anxiety and my insecurities and i tried to turn that into a rap and i found what i found is a lot of people can connect to that darkness more so than the light you know mm-hmm. because that's what people are more i think drawn to is our inherent nature to be really dark and
0: yeah you i know, mean so much of the content that i love is is dark movies yeah. dark movies dark music yeah. um but yeah thought provoking
2: yep you know yep. so um yeah I'm, i wear that with a with a badge of yep. like that i'm like wow i made it past 27 endurance and yeah uh, you know and that was in 2012 so that's a long time ago and i'm you know and
1: um, end of the
0: world yeah
1: yeah, the- yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe that's what it was there. Yeah.
0: My, um there's mine's got to yeah The Mayans got to Um, Man, but I was like, also, just like, thanks so much for sharing that. And like, that sounds absolutely like horror, like traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, I- do you think that that was a, you know, psychedelics and even weed and, and I guess any kind of substance abuse can, um, in this, some people trigger psychosis. Do you think Absolutely. that was hundred uh, percent just prone to that, or
1: was it? Yeah,
2: I think I'm prone to that. Uh, I might have had some, have had some, or ha- do have some genetic precursors. Yeah, f- family stuff. I know my dad. no um, joke. Yeah, like I know my my dad's had some pretty traumatic stuff happen in his life. Um, like he he was married to another woman. Um, I mean, this is extremely private. I hope he doesn't listen to this. But he was married to another woman, and he was in L.A and um, uh, his uh, his then wife um, she got murdered man by like a 16 or 17 Dad. year old she went got oh house- man yeah. I'm
0: sorry
1: fucking you know, hell yeah man <laughs> like, so,
2: my dad's like this guy from the middle east he's there to do his architectural like masters and like she just went to go get groceries from the car and like get out of the car park, some fucking she walked in on this I don't know 16 17 year old or something like that was trying to rob the radio in the car and you know, she confronted him and shot her. Oh, dude. You know? And you know what's crazy? Like years, years later when I was in like 17 or 18, like hanging out from kids from other school, I met this guy who, and who, um, who, whose dad was the brother of that woman, I think. And he picked us up and dropped us off and he's like, whose son are you again? Because in Bahrain, everybody knows everyone, right? Like mm. everybody literally knows everyone. So that's like when I was talking about the coming here, the culture shock of like, oh, the freedom. You can't do that there, right? Because everyone mm. knows everyone. But yeah, this guy was like, um, so your father is like, you know, so-and-so, Al-Alawi, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's your name? He's like, this, do, do you know this woman? Like, you know, the name of uh, mm. the woman? And he's like, yeah she was i don't know if he said this was my daughter or my sister i think it was she this my sister um yeah i can't remember it was a very close family relationship you know and 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 it was just this moment where i was just like whoa mm. you know i didn't know mm. you know i wasn't even born this was like 70s or 80s you know it's probably like late 70s but you know like so my dad had also had to carry this crazy thing but you know what he rebuilt you know he rebuilt he had three kids and you know and um he's had a good life but you know there's
0: you know generational trauma is is a thing yeah yeah absolute thing well that's
2: it and i feel like it gets better every every generation because i think that we have to go through the the mental illness and Mm. then we um you know we obviously for starters we have better ways of dealing we're we're a lot more open to vulnerability than our previous generations you know like if you look at like the toxic sort of masculine culture or like the in terms of like men not speaking about how they feel and or processing their emotions or their trauma like could have been hit by their parents or whatever it is you know like i know for me i've i've had like abandonment issues i've had like a lot of stuff even though my parents were actually fantastic parents mm you know I st- you know they've been incredibly supportive even of this whole process but there are nuances that would happen as a kid that would make you feel abandoned you know so for us guys or not even guys like just, just the, the newer generation I think the tools are getting better uh, the advent of the internet like fucking YouTube man like YouTube just this last like year for me researching like Dr. Andrew Huberman and like all these fantastic like um people who have done advancements in the field of psychotherapy and neuroscience as well, learning about neuroplasticity and all that stuff. It's like, I think it's given, uh, for me personally, it's given me hope, not that I was lacking in it. Um, uh, That's actually the thing that kept me going is like, I know that I can have this amazing life and I already do and it's right here. But you know when you're looking at the lens like life through the lens of anxiety and depression it's a very distorted lens and you know what mm. some days you're looking through that lens and some days you're looking through the you know fuck everything's amazing yeah um, but yeah man you know you you just you it's go
0: it's, th- it's a hard thing to understand from the outside you know and it's like mm-hmm. you know uh, i mean i can't speak with any real authority um but you know it's it's one it's one thing of like intellectualizing how to how to snap yourself out of it and feeling how to and knowing yeah. and feeling how to do it like people can tell you all the right words and they don't really have much of effect it no. doesn't really go in it doesn't you know it has to be felt or, or i don't even yeah. know but yeah it's um i think um the, seeing it through the lens as you as you put it is a uh, yeah it's yeah. You, you
2: just got to remind yourself that it's like that's not true you know,
0: that that's that's part of, I guess, mindfulness. Yeah, back to mindfulness. It's yeah. really fucking helpful for that. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's been helpful. Like, I think I've been teaching myself that without actually knowing that that's mindfulness, you know. Mm.
0: Um, I'll send you this course because it's like 10 or 12 minutes in the morning. Everyone's got time for 12, 10 or 12 minutes. It's, it's Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like everyone's like, no matter how fucking busy you are, everyone's got that time. No,
2: please, please do because super, yeah. I need to go back to hacking mm. my morning so that I like um, when I get too busy. A lot of these practices that I, I create and put in place to help manage my emotions and regulate, you know, regulate myself because like ADHD is. You were asking me about it earlier. Another thing of it is like it, it because of the lack of serotonin and dopamine it's harder to regulate your emotions and so if it's harder mm-hmm. to regulate your emotions you become more impulsive you become more reactive as opposed to learning to just take a step back and like think you know plan execute mm-hmm. do you yeah. know what i mean like so um yeah i don't know we've covered a lot here and and it's like uh yeah like so that's how that's you asked me about how does that fuel your creativity or like how does that play like it's helped me become more authentic Hmm. i guess and more um uh, to try and do my art form more true to what i like and not just to people please and just to do it for the accolades because i was and i'm like those are great i still want them and i still want the big gigs and i still want the recognition
0: yeah you don't have to turn your back on that you know that 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 can often be uh i remember when i first went through my like little hippie revelation when i was like 10 years ago about that
1: yeah yeah
0: and i was like rejecting it's like oh man i've got to get rid of my ego and like i don't need money and then after a while you're like fuck having not having money is pretty shit like exactly you can still chase all those things just not be like uh ruled by them or be aware enough and self-aware enough to (laughs) yeah yeah to give you kick up the bum when you can see it taking over
2: then there's like this two part to that though as well it's like you're chasing it for money but are you actually making money Because that's where I'm like, at. I'm like, I'm I'm chasing this thing, but I'm actually, this is a new quote that I've learned from a creative, um, a creative branding agency, Uh, don't major in the minor leagues. So, you know, you're chasing money, but you're just really doing it in a way that you're chasing. This is outside of music. Now, this is just talking about jobs and stuff like that, and just hustling to get some extra cash. But you know, it's like, um, I'm wasting my time doing this thing, whereas my skill set and my strengths are in this other thing. And that's where I should be making money, you know? Yeah. And from all the self help stuff that I've learned and watched, it's like zone in on your strengths mm. and exemplify them as opposed to like trying to learn too many other skills that don't help you. But again, I got my finger in a lot of pies. I'm like You do, I, you do. I just like <laughs> a lot of things and I'm like I I actually one of the things an ADHD coach does is teaches you how to say no.
0: Mm. So yeah. I have
2: to learn how I'm still learning how to do that. It's very hard for me. Yeah. Um, Because saying no to something means it allows me to have more time to do the thing that could actually propel me forward. Mm. You know, I'm pointing at the studio and the monitors. People can't see that, you know.
0: But yeah, yeah, I mean, kind of like what we were saying before, like it's... It's all in the return. You've we haven't even uh, started uh, talked about this yet, but you know you've started a um, a podcast called Surreal Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, we were saying just before, uh, you know, I think it's great. Uh, you stopped doing it for a period a and year you've, a yeah. year, a year, yep. Yeah. And, but um, and I thought I was like, oh, maybe it's died. I hope not. But you've come back with it, and that's the thing. It's all in the return. Like yeah. especially with something like a podcast, you can just pick it up you can stop it and pick it up whenever you want. You're, Mm-mm. you're in control. Like yeah. you don't, well, everything doesn't always have to be like, well, that failed. So, yeah. um, and, and yeah, I, I've been listening to it, uh, all week. It's been great that our uh, DJ liquid is, yeah, I like yeah. him. He's what a good, dude, man. what yeah, a legend. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually heard his uh, music. I just, I just started listening to it today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he seems like a total fucking dude. And he is I a like very <laughs> technically
2: proficient DJ. Like this, yeah. the stuff that he can do, like scratching, it's like yeah, I'm good. I can do some cool shit. Mm. But Shem pushes. Like Shem is like the embodiment
0: of the art of DJing.
2: Mm. You mm. know. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and yep. he's a good talker. Yeah, he's a great talker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had some some awesome awesome guests on there, man. Yeah, I really yeah. look forward Thank to uh, seeing that seeing that grow and 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 keep keeping at it. But yeah, yeah, it's hard hard to do it all, man. Hard to do it. All. <laughs> You're it doing is. it though. <laughs> it is. Oh, and I have a partner.
2: Like I have to give him credit. Like I've got um, Alex Blaney. Um, I just, we'll just call him Blaney for the sake of it. Um, mm-hmm. he's been instrumental in day one. I mean, I'm looking at the roadcaster here, which is basically um a podcasting uh, piece of equipment mm-hmm. with multiple channels i mean he organized that for my birthday because i was like talking about this oh i really wanted to do this podcast but i don't have the money to do the gear and this and that and it was like a 1500 hundred dollar investment for all this stuff mm. man he just organized all my friends and like let's like uh, let's get no off this thing and all props to all my friends who chipped in like yeah i've got some pretty amazing friends out there that like we all put money together for each one's birthday like the 30th everyone got Every one of my friends has gotten something.
0: Mm, that's awesome.
2: And I got that and it was like, well, now I have no excuse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. Always yeah. just re- figure out ways of removing the excuses we tell, each- we tell yeah, ourselves, yeah. you know. And they'll keep coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nah, awesome, man. Um, You are tomorrow going to play a festival?
2: Yes yes where we're back
0: the, in business with festivals people yeah yeah well
2: i man, you know what i i have actually played a few so far i played at elements um right before queensland went into lockdown and mm-hmm. that was honestly one of the best performances of my life like it's it was a huge crowd and it was it was a, I had a big chip on my shoulder i really wanted to go and play a banging set i didn't want to play a chill set and i i got given literally the best t- for me f- for what i wanted an 8 p.m. or is it a 9 p.m. time slot on a saturday night on this incredible stage so yeah that was amazing but yeah tomorrow tomorrow um, sorry i mentioned that because it's like it has, this is not the first one back for me but uh at least in melbourne this will be the first one in a while um, yeah, so we're the Wild Things Festival. I'm I'm playing there tomorrow, seven fifteen to eight fifteen on the Yuki Art Cart stage. Oh, nice, which nice. is also a dream dream of mine, ticked off the list because I've like seen that at Rainbow. And I'm like, I
0: fucking want to play on that.
2: <laughs> it's Cor- so cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like I saw Corey play on it. And yeah. uh, did you ever meet Stilly?
0: Yeah, good mates with Stilly. You good mates with Stilly? Yeah, I haven't seen him in ages. He's a he's, he's in New Zealand. Yeah, and he's a papa now. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So you know, um, shout good, out to Stilly. Shout out to Stilly, horror mechanic slash yep. altruism. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> fucking um,
0: funniest bastard.
2: Dude, I fuck, <laughs> He's one of my favorite uh, my favorite people to banter with at festivals. Dude, he's good at it. He's so good at he's it, and he's witty as fuck, fuck <laughs> and he's sharp, yeah. and he's just um, yeah, yeah. He's he's a smart dude. I fucking miss him. Yeah, love you, Stilly. yeah it's actually funny before i met stilly do do we have time yeah yeah yeah. 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 okay um uh yeah like i was on mushrooms and we were listening to a lot of his oldest before he turned into aura mechanic he was uh, Mm. altruism Mm -hmm. and um i was very much a noob and beginner with bass music you know um and it's funny now because i play it a lot and i'm you know i'm i'm rolling with those guys uh, Mm. from time to time uh but yeah he was one of the fucking the g's that it was like oh who's this guy like what is this genre you know yeah um, th- yeah, and I, yeah that's how
0: I met him I was like uh, I think I downloaded some of his sets and then yeah. uh, went to go see him and then uh, with my other mate Matt Matty T he was just like oh yeah I'm fucking friends with him and I was just <laughs> met him at his gig I was like yeah fucking mates ever since yeah fuck yeah mm. man
2: yeah yeah shout out to Stilly man yep
0: Missed um, that cunt. <laughs> yeah and you've also got Esoteric coming up Yes. Which fuck, man! I was meant to have art in the gallery there, and I uh, I pulled out because I was like freaking out about COVID because everyone I know has been getting COVID. Why would and you freak
2: out about something like that?
0: I just didn't want. I just haven't wanted to be around big spaces of people lately. Mm, yeah, and then I've just kind of snapped out, I'm Like, why the fuck did I do that? Is that opportunity gone for you? I think you should go back to it, man. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. So, what happens if you do get it? True, true, very true. Like, why are you so afraid of it? Is- <laughs> <laughs> I've had some friends that have had a fucking bad man. Yeah. 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 We, I think it's like, don't think like that, man. I, but it's, of, it's, course, it's, of course. And we're going to get it anyway. Yeah. You know? you, but it has. It's fucking crept into my little brain. It totally yeah. has. Well, yeah, like, I've, that's I've, that I've been very careful and I've noticed that it's uh, uh, doing that for a very long period of time. You changes need, you, you. You need, need a little Master Yoda. <laughs> <You know, laughs> Fear is the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't, yeah. I mean, I haven't been like... I don't know. I've just, anyway, that's fucking. I'll, yeah. yeah. Nav- navigate that one in my own time. <laughs> I know, I know. But I Esoteric just, looks fucking
1: good. I, it looks I like really, a really good party. You if know? you
0: have an in back, I
2: can't, you know, I'm just, you got to do it, man. It's like a, it's like a Rainbow Serpent. It's a, it is it is the equivalent of the new Rainbow Serpent. It's, a, it's huge in size. They've got the. B- How big is it? I think the last time I was there was, right, literally, it was actually we went into lockdown straight after ESO. Mm. But I think it was like it looked like a good seven to eight thousand.
0: That's a good number. Could have been up to ten. What what was Rainbow before all this? About sixteen to twenty on paper. Yeah, okay. I think on
2: paper it was, but I think it was a lot bigger. I think it got right. up to twenty. Yeah, I know that for one of the years they got really big, and then they were like, "This is too difficult to." I just heard this through the grapevine, but I think they got too big to sort of manage and we had to they'd cap the tickets again right but then you know there's a lot of crew there's a lot of extra and then there's a theme campsite so yeah but is good because they've got like a man-made uh, lagoon and they've um so i'm pretty sure they're only- swimming it yeah, yeah yeah yeah. it was <sighs> fucking freezing but it was also really hot so it was actually really nice to have a freezing cold like mm. man-made lake with a dj playing disco and I, one cool thing that happened to me is um i was at a house party i want to segue into the to back to so i was at a house party i met this guy called arlo and he was a disco dj and you know he started playing disco tunes and i ended up grabbing the mic and starting to rap with him so then he was playing again at the esoteric lagoon stage and again i was like oh yeah man like he's playing like very soulful shit so i got this one of these ways i can rap is like i can make myself sound like a you know like motown like you know ah yeah <laughs> you know was like you know one two three in the place to be you know like they kind of like <laughs> yeah. you know um, hot digger to do so like you just started rapping with him and stuff and the cops were like taking fil- film of me and him like we were just like jamming together he was a dj lots of people were dancing lots of titties in front of us <laughs> you know like, <laughs> topless women and I was like it's so, like turning around. This, this isn't a bad thing man it's yes. <laughs> a good place <laughs> this to isn't be. a bad thing yeah, right now this isn't a bad thing right now and the cops <laughs> were just like loving it and like the cops like hey man hey and they're like, trying to fist bump me I like fist bump the cop and oh, that's awesome I know. love those little moments so like it's just like moments like that it's like this is what you're forsaking yourself, bro, from. Yeah, yeah. And like there's a lot of hype around it this year, I think, because it's the first major festival um in Victoria that's come in that's like like a rainbow serpent, you know? Mm-hmm. And they've really taken the mantle and they with, what's awesome about it is everybody who runs that stage is involved heavily in the Melbourne underground scene. So the curation of the music is done by the people who um who are the movers and shakers? Who like set the trend or, and this and that? So they're like good representations of uh, the music that we listen to.
0: Dude, I looked at the lineup yesterday. Everyone's playing. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> you know what? The
2: best thing about it, I think they have like one overseas international. Like for the first.
0: That's th- it. That's it. That's the hot That's ticket.
2: Like, bro, I'm serious. Like you guys can make. There's a- so
0: much talent in Australia and Melbourne, man. Yeah. There's so much and talent.
2: They're, they're advertising. I'm like, listen, if the borders open, they're like, why would you bother getting an international? Mm. You, know, you know, you'd just be wasting money and visas and headings. Like, just get the interstaters and the Kiwis and the Aussies, you know, that's all you need. And it's like, for real, like,
0: it actually needs someone to like set that bar. You yeah. Know? And, co- yeah, to yeah. actually, because Rainbow was always like that, you know, and it's it fucking all about love, love yeah. fucking Rainbow. But, yeah. um, you know, so many fucking great artists that I assume are probably getting fuck all money yeah. to play massive stages while these internationals are just like, lording it, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't half the time I don't give a fuck about the internationals. I'm mostly just want to see Yeah, anyway, yeah. and the tunes are fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah,
2: what, what you know, like out of the fifty or thirty, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be like an Ott or a spongel or something really stand out, stand outish. Yeah. I mean, there'll be a few people for me that I'm interested in to, to see, but um, most of the time it's like, yeah, it'll be very. Uh, a finite amount of people you yeah. want
0: to see. Yeah. 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 Get that sound bite. Fuck the internationals. Jack the racist podcaster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why in Australia? <laughs> Even though you're interviewing a pretty brown dude, you know. So. <laughs> hey, I'm an
2: international. Yeah. I mean, I'm, fuck, fuck. Backtrack, backtrack. Backtrack. Like, no, yeah, I think I'm, 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 I'm
0: Melbourneified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm no. Aussie now. Hey, gown.
1: <laughs> hey, gown, mate. Hey,
0: go. Um, Dude, thank you so fucking much um, for coming on the show. I'm so fucking glad we did it after all this time. Um, Fuck yeah, man! Give us your plugs. Where do people find your music? Um, um, SoundCloud, shows? Shantaram slash Torin. Um,
2: that's pretty much the. You can follow me on Instagram. My my business is called Beyond Surreal. We didn't talk about that, but that's sweet calls for another sure Um, come
0: back on anytime bro
2: yeah baby Mm. let's do this yeah um so beyond surreal that's how surreal melbourne came out i think the biggest thing i'll plug is the podcast yeah um uh yeah surreal melbourne we're on youtube we're on spotify we're on deezer i think we're on deezer i think we're on google podcast i don't know you are on google podcast you're on spotify
0: yep does that show the metrics I don't get metrics from any for of that shit. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, man, I don't even check, to be honest. I'm, yeah. I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't even do it. I don't want to do it for the metric. I don't even want to focus on that. I just want to put this story out there. Yep. You know. And if people want to watch it, let's watch it. It's more so for once I'm doing something that feels for me. And right. it isn't for the accolades. It isn't for the recognition. It's just like you said, you have a radio voice. You know, like, <laughs> like I just really like this, what we're doing now, because mm. it's the most present you'll ever be. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Is this one on one or like two on two, whatever, one on three? It's not a porno, but you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yet.
2: Yet. Yeah. Ooh,
0: yeah, baby. <laughs>
2: that's a that's a niche yeah. that needs to be filled. Surreal Melbourne, please check us out. Um, we oh, can I? I'll do this one plug. Um, so part of Surreal Melbourne is we're, we're branching out and doing this thing. We're calling it Surreal Melbourne Studios, even though there's a really one studio. Um. <laughs> this one here mm-hmm. but me and blaney we've been sitting for a year on this thing called uh, the f- uh, five dv the five deadly venoms and it's basically a humorous podcast where we um each select five tracks and we battle each other so basically it's when we say battle mm-hmm. it's just like i'll play two round one he'll play two we'll critique we'll not critique each other's music we'll just talk about the artists so you know we did one um we haven't released any of this stuff but the last one we did we're like let's do original film score and compositions right so uh obviously the Hans Zimmer would make the cut right of course (laughs) of course uh so he yeah we just pick the five tracks that you'd like and we talk about it like because we're both movie buffs the next thing we could be like hey let's do a, a a genre from the 90s so we'll pick five tracks each again it'll be like okay yeah like 90s hip-hop or like 90s pop rock or whatever it is a heavy metal from the 80s like pick your favorite and yeah this is critique so it's a and it's also unfiltered comedy so you know we'll get we'll talk in accents so it's an ability for us to be more of us show our silly side of ourselves but also show our tastes in music and my man blaney he was he's been on triple r for years doing like the graveyard shift like playing three hour sets and right and have his own show uh, he did I don't yep. know if he's still doing it I think he, it's a volunteer sort of thing mm. but yeah he was on the radio controls and he works in film as a production runner so he's always been a purveyor of arts and and stuff like that so we work really well together he has a very good organizational skills and keeping things on track he's also very creative and free free fluid like in terms of uh, as a public speaker as well so he's got that skill and and so do I and he's got good taste so yeah, this is a new thing that's gonna come out. We're getting a logo designed by this guy called Jack Shand. Um, he's a motion graphic designer. We spent a lot of money on the logo and it's looking pretty fucking mint. Sick. It's very Wu Tang inspired, Wu Tang Mortal <laughs> Kombat inspired. You know, we got the punch sounds and the Mortal Kombat samples and I I've did the voiceover for the show, so it's like uh You are now entered the five deadly venoms, you know, like the the, the movie voice sound so that's going to come out soon and we're going to have a website um, for that as well as well as surrealmelbourne.xyz fuck yeah man. Um, so awesome. yeah
0: check it all out yeah. fantastic I went on a rant there no that's great yeah. awesome um, good luck at Where the Wild Things Are festival thank you sir um, and maybe I'll see you at Esoteric maybe I won't I don't know we'll you better see. get
2: your ass over there son <laughs> <laughs> because I got 99 problems but
0: Esoteric ain't one <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening everybody take care